In this exciting follow-up to the hit Disney Channel original movie, Xenon and Nebula are in the middle of another far-out predicament. After a purely innocent accident of gigantic proportions, Commander Plank assigns Xenon to the most boring job in the world, working in the alien patrol room. It's hysteria major because aliens never contact them, but before you can say Cetus Lapidus, Xenon's bummer assignment has morphed into an out-of-this-world adventure to help homeless aliens. This week on the Made for TV podcast, it's Xenon, the sequel. And now, our feature presentation. Are you hearing that, Kyle? Yeah, it, I'm, no, getting an, I, I'm getting an alien message. I think it's just my, your computer, dude. Your, your I, no, just that's an alien up, signal. I swear, they're sending us a message. Do you I think? Do you think maybe they love our podcast and want to meet us? I think that's exactly it. Yes. They, oh wait, no wait, my, no, wait. No, sorry. They just started projecting directly into my brain. It turns out they hate the podcast and they think it sucks and they think we should stop doing it. They think it's the uh, ultimate evil in the universe and they've come to destroy it yeah 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 they're gonna blow (laughs) us up if we don't stop doing this podcast it turns out so oops no those were just uh those were just zums from your computer they weren't yeah it's just some zums classic computer zums going on you know that's great that's way better than my my cold open which really you have to do it though because you said we both have well i thought of my cold open as we were watching saturday morning cartoons because we're we're recording on a saturday today crazy saturday morning If the energy, if the vibe is all wrong, it's because I'm not drinking water at 10 p.m. I'm drinking coffee at 10 a.m. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all different. Got yeah. my, cof- my coffee with my oat milk creamer, which is mm, really not my choice. Beer. It's just the only creamer we had. So, But, oh, yeah, here's my cold open. We're going on a trip in our favorite space. Stay zooming through the sky. Xenon the sequel. Climb aboard, get ready to explore. There's so much to find. Xenon the sequel. Come on, let's go. Xenon the sequel. What the fuck was that a reference to? <laughs> Little Einsteins. You guys don't watch oh. Little Einsteins? No, we are not. It's like the most recognizable thing to me is the Little Einsteins. It's stuck in my head all the time. Where does one watch Little Einsteins? Oh, Little Einsteins is great. And it's on Disney Plus, I think. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's well, like uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite ones for them to watch. Um, is uh, is Little Einstein? I'm just confirming. I think it is on Disney Plus. Well, we we only but, watch uh, sequels in this house. Yeah, so we basically <laughs> are kind of stuck only watching Xenon the sequel. Uh, only watching Xenon the sequel. Yeah. That's the only. Yeah. That's the first choice every <laughs> time. Every time it's equal Saturday, Dot doesn't even know what a TV is. She says, Dad, Dad, can you turn on the Xenon machine? <laughs> what's <laughs> their What's their like <laughs> tablet that they have? What do they call that oh, thing? Oh, God, I have no idea <laughs> what they're called, Kyle. I, much like you, I did not rewatch the first movie for this. Oh, oh, uh, yes. So. <laughs> well, you said rewatch the first, movie. yes. Well, yeah, sorry, rewatch, uh, based on like when did this come out? Xenon one would have come out when I was 
Uh, it would have come out like 2000. Yeah, I was like yeah. nine years old, you know, so I haven't seen it since then. And I assume that that movie laid a lot of the groundwork for naming these devices. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what anything is called in this movie. No. <laughs> just refuse. Refuse to do the research. Don't know. Well, Scott, uh, hold yeah. on, hold on. We need to just, can, can you just ice for a second here? Because we're, we're jumping too far ahead. We're, we're talking yeah. about the movie. Well, we, we haven't talked about our week yet. You're right. You're right. That's important. Also, I also need to ice because I have not even introduced this podcast. Our listeners are just like, what is even going on? Well, guess what? It's the Made for TV podcast. This is a show dedicated to celebrating and exploring the unique world of movies made for the small screen. And my name is Kyle. And my name is Scott. And of course, we're returning from a beautiful week off. Uh, watching a real movie to Hot Decom Summer. It's our uh, our our head-to-head tournament. It's a very intense tournament. Uh, we're very invested in it. Uh, yeah. Where we've both it's getting a lot of uh, media coverage as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I honestly think they superseded the uh, NBA draft coverage just to talk about <laughs> yes. our decom draft. Our instead. decom draft. <laughs> <laughs> It is our, uh, Kyle and I have each chosen five Disney Channel original movies, and we're just seeing who built the strongest roster, one movie at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, working our way through them this summer. Because what better way to spend your summer than watching 20-year-old Disney Channel original movies? Yes. <laughs> and this, yeah, yeah, we're talking Xenon 2 today, but but you're you're right about icing it. I assume that's some slang from the movie that you're oh, trying yeah. to uh, incorporate yeah. into our... <laughs> Yes. Into our conversation. I but hate the slang in this movie. I, I really hate it too. I hate well, it yeah. so much. I'll be thank. Well, we can be thankful. There's not. There's not as much of it as I might have expected, honestly. But uh, well, whatever. We'll get there. Let's let's dial it back. Let's talk about our weeks. Let's ease into this Xenon two tub. There's no two. It's Xenon the sequel. There's no two in this. I gotta keep. Yeah, that no. Mind. It's Xenon the sequel. Don't. Yeah. Don't even bring a two don't in. Disrespect, because they knew it was number one. They weren't going to fuck around. It doesn't speak well for Xenon Z3, though. No. Uh, Why why is there a three all of a sudden? Uh, We don't know. How is is your week, Kyle? What what have you been up to? Uh, Maybe my week is uh, pretty good, pretty chill. Last weekend went went, uh, kayaking down the Mongo River, or it's actually the Mm. Pigeon River in Mongo, Indiana. Went down Mm. with uh, Brooke and Ashley and Carrie. And that was a wow. fun. It's like you go up to a campground um, site and you just you, you rent one of their kayaks. You could probably bring your own if you had them. And then you just float down the river and then they have a bus that will pick you up like four miles down and take you back. And um, I don't like that. I don't like that. There's a I think if you make the decision to float down a river, it's your job to get back. <laughs> uh, that's on you. You got to fucking find another way hey, to that, get back. We paid, though. We paid the money to have the bus pick us up you know it's like i guess just feels like the height of uh of 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 wastefulness to make i'm gonna travel somewhere and then i'm too lazy to get back on my own let's emit some fossil (laughs) fuels well it's supposed to be a lazy river experience that's true you know what you're right it does it is a lazy river. i think well you know it it may have been like a tesla bus i don't know it was really old and yellow like a school bus but Uh maybe that's how they make the new teslas i don't know 
So could be maybe it, it was been an a magic school bus, and that one doesn't need fuel it, at all. It runs on magic, so it definitely didn't sound like this blah, 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 as it was driving. Was that yeah. another alien signal coming? <laughs> yes, it was. That was me trying to imitate the yeah. big old diesel engine. <laughs> but it was. It's been a long time since I've been on a school bus, so we were on that you know a little school oh, bus. And I'm this on is, one. I'm on one every day. Every day you've. <laughs> every yeah. day. They don't know I'm there, but I'm. There. <laughs> <laughs> you dress up. There, have you ever seen that video of the uh, the the guy getting thrown off a bus? It looks like this bus driver is throwing a child off the bus and like being yeah, super and mean. Then and then, but then it's like a little person. Like, yeah, it's like a, a yeah. like a creep, and you're like, "What yeah. is happening right now?" Yeah, yeah, that's that's you. That's me exactly. Only that video's fake, and it's not fake when it's me. It's I'm the street me. creep. You're the the yeah. bus creep, or some other yeah. better pun than uh, that. I don't know. Uh, I don't have anything better than that either. So we'll go with the bus creep. That's that's the level of great comedic effort we're putting in this morning. <laughs> uh, no, I like. To, I'm picturing myself getting on a bus, but I'm wearing one of those like. It's like I'm dressing like a little kid based on like a '60s cartoon. I've got like the spinning like a helicopter hat and a giant lollipop, you know, and I'm just wearing like super short shorts. Like, just, you know, I have no understanding of what a child actually looks like is how I'm picturing myself on the bus getting thrown off. Anything else in your week, Kyle? I am assuming that you're the person who has COVID that Brooke was exposed to, right? You made sure you caught COVID before. Oh, really? She was exposed? No. I think she was. That's I believe I heard that. I just, my micro dose COVID. So I'm always exposing people. Just so. a little bit. You keep it, Micro, keep your body's yeah. immune system built up to it by keep microdosing. Keep it going. Keep those uh, keep those white white blood cells going. Just ramp yeah. up that immune system for the rest of your life. It's good. <laughs> it's good for you. Uh, anything else of note, Kyle? Uh, no, I don't think cool. so. Um, well, my birthday passed since our last recording. Um, didn't do anything too exciting. Stream some video game. Hung out with the family because our in-laws were in town uh, visiting our new uh, uh, nephew. Uh, I did. I bought myself my, a Steam Deck. I got a Steam Deck Ooh, now. Nice. Did you not have one of those before? For some reason, I thought I, you had a Steam Deck. I, I pre-ordered it forever ago, but my order only came up the weekend of my birthday. It finally popped up. And I wasn't planning on spending like $500 on myself, but the thing with the Steam Deck is... Once your order, like once your spot comes up in the line, they're like, you have 72 hours to order this or you forfeit your spot. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I'm buying it. That's yeah. the thing with the buttons on it, right? That's what a Steam Deck is? Oh, you're thinking, no, that's a Stream Deck. Oh, what's a Steam? Oh, the Steam Deck is your uh, yeah. handheld gaming yeah, system. It's like a, it's oh, like a Switch which, wait, may, may, Yeah, this makes way more sense. Okay. I was yeah. like, what? I don't think the, the, the Steam Deck... Stream Deck, whatever. Stream Deck, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I don't think those are backed up, but okay, good. No, no, no. Makes a whole lot of sense. So I got my little mobile handheld gaming station now. uh, So I can sit at my computer and play a game on the handheld instead of using the computer to play it, which is what I was doing yesterday. I was like, this is stupid. Why am I playing this (laughs) on this handheld? I'm at my desk. (laughs) At your desk in front of your computer, just holding your, just holding this. Uh, yeah, other than that, I don't think there's a lot of uh, a wild note going on for me either. This is what happens when we record a little bit early. We're really going to be fucked next weekend. 
uh, or next recording, I mean, because we're going to be even even less downtime, even less to talk about, you know? Yeah. And uh, next week's going to be a fun episode. Probably going to maybe have to record on Wednesday. We'll see. I don't know. I might have to. <laughs> let's see. I don't know about that, Kyle. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> let's just quick, quick on the air plan. Yeah, quick on the air. Oh, let me pull what up do my you, Can you pull up your, uh, your yeah, schedule there? Pull up the schedule. Oh, by the way, I've been meaning to ask you, uh, do we want to record uh, AJ's episode on the <laughs> 9th of July or the 10th of July? I'm uh, just going to throw that out there to you, you know, while Good. we're live on yes. the spot. We'll figure that out after, Kyle, because we have important things to talk about today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Xenon. Mm-hmm. What's your history with Xenon the sequel, Kyle? Do you have a, a rich history uh, to paint? Of, well, about your you know, as you brought up, as you brought up before the recording, uh, I am the 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 group of, you know, Xenon fans. We are QZenon, you know, <laughs> yes. is, is what we go by. And yes, I am a, a QZenoner. And um <laughs> I have seen the first one. I have seen it. Uh, it's oh. great. Uh, it is. Yeah. I I just for those of you who haven't seen it, Xenon uh, grows up in a peaceful hill community. She finds out she is in possession of a magical ring that is key to an evil wizard's plan to take over the world. She must mm-hmm. band together with an unlikely group to set on a trip. Set out on a trip to destroy the the ring once and for all. So uh-huh. everyone knows that the first Xenon movie. It's a classic. It's, this yeah. trilogy is. Uh, Really, just a a fantastic one of the one of the most uh, storied trilogies in in film history. So yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, absolutely love this trilogy. This is definitely not the first time I've ever seen anything Xenon. Wow, yeah, I mean, I forgot a lot of those details about Xenon one, but it kind of makes the second one feel a little incongruent with the first one the way you described it um but i'll take your word for they it they make it make sense after at the end of the yeah. first one they do oh okay yeah it all makes they jump into like a space portal or something at the end of that first one maybe yeah and that's mm-hmm. why they're on a space station when does the protozoa concert happen when they're <laughs> destroying the ring yeah <laughs> just okay well that doesn't happen in the first movie that's z3 is is when they just, oh okay. they finally it's like the a ring. it's like a quentin tarantino t- told out of order thing because they mentioned the protozoic well so when does the protozoic concert happen in the uh the protozoic concert happens at the top of the uh the mountain when they're sur- surrounded by the um kind of the evil demon witch people that uh oh, okay. that ride on the the big dragons they come up yeah, and yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like a big fight scene there and then protozoa kind of descends from the heavens and comes down and like plays a rock and song not to not to you know, pull the curtain back on this bit of yours, Kyle. But uh, I like that you didn't choose a science fiction franchise to like be the basis <laughs> of Xenon, but uh, just a just a fan just as fantasy as it gets. Nothing, <laughs> not even a little bit close to Xenon ish. Like it's great. Um, my history, Kyle, with Xenon is I remember watching Xenon one as a kid. And I vaguely remember watching this one as a kid. And that is my history. I don't remember really any details of... I didn't remember anything about these movies other than that. They were science fiction-y. And I remembered, of all things, that her Aunt Judy drove a yellow beetle. That's it. I just really remember that (laughs) So the yellow beetle beetle is a thing. Yeah. I think that maybe... 
maybe in the first movie they show that it's like self-driving or something and that's why it's stuck in my head like it couldn't just be that i was like oh my gosh a yellow beetle and that (laughs) stuck with me there must be something more to this car but i can't for the life of me remember what it is because we did not watch xenon one for this podcast because we don't do extra work for this podcast anymore i chose xenon two for the tournament because I thought maybe it'd be like a Godfather 2 situation and sure, this would be sure. the superior film. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. not. <laughs> probably you know. not, but who knows? Maybe. Maybe maybe yeah. it is. Maybe it's a maybe it's it's great. Who knows? If if you think Xenon 1 is better, then you can go ahead and tweet at us or post on our Instagram or our Facebook or wherever, at Made for TV Podcast, at Made the Number 4 TV Podcast. And uh, I don't know what, you don't even need to say anything special. You just tell us. I don't want a hashtag or anything fancy on it. Just let me know which Xenon is better so I can know if I made a mistake or not with this draft choice. Um, although given my own review score, I don't think I could have done worse, uh, <laughs> no matter what I picked. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we, should we quit dancing around it? Look, it's Saturday morning and I want to get my fucking day moving. Yeah, let's go. We just, let's pop let's it just, in. Let's do this. We're popping this in. We're headed to space, Kyle. <laughs> Yeah, my first note, as soon as I started this, I just wrote down, all right, here we go. Really about to watch Xenon 2 without watching Xenon 1. (laughs) It's a truly chaotic pick. I love it. Yeah. I thought it was weird. It opens... Okay, I I watched this over the course, full honesty, of like three sittings because I just watched it. (laughs) Celia was working late like all week. And so I just kind of watched it whenever I had like 30 minutes free at work. This movie somebody, feels like it's three hours long. It really feels so long for how short it actually is. Yeah. Um, so I broke it up over several viewings. So I barely remember this opening, but it does open with like a Star Wars style scroll, but on like a laptop screen and also with a narrator. <laughs> Yes. And also it says chapter two, implying that this is like a thought out legacy, you know, like chapter two says to me, okay, well, the first one had some hanging threads that we always knew were going to be there. And here's where chapter two is going to pick up and tie those threads, you know, sure. Calling it a chapter makes it seem like it was planned to have a sequel. And I'm just going to be honest. I don't think that they did plan to have a sequel. No, I don't. Yeah, it's the the first one had a great, you know, a great story, as we know. You know, yeah. as we know, Xenon grew up on a small farm in the desert mm-hmm. and her life was suddenly changed when her uncle Ben revealed to her that she has magical powers and the ability to stop yeah. the evil Wyndham Corporation. They stopped the evil Wyndham Corporation. And where's the story to go? I don't know. So chapter two, it's kind of strange. Yeah. Um. I will say this, uh, uh, the CG didn't look as bad as I thought it would look. Yeah, and uh, there's actually some good like set design in this yeah. movie. So, I think like, this movie has a very much, it's not great set design, but it's like a medium budget sci-fi TV show of the time. It mm-hmm. gives me the vibe of like being in the ride queue for Space Mountain. Yeah. You know? It's like that kind of level where it's fine. You don't really feel immersed in the reality of this space station, but you're not pulled out either. Um, although the, the scroll reads, sorry, I wrote it down. I should read it. 
When we last saw Xenon Carr, she was everybody's favorite heroine, having saved her beloved space station from the evil plot to destroy it. Now, a year later, Xenon is at the top of her game. She can go absolutely anywhere, do absolutely anything in her space day, and is a trusted member of the crew. However, Xenon is also 15 years old, and everything in her Stellanarius life is about to change forever. The space day line cracks me up. I just space day, space day. <laughs> it's my space, it's my space day. day. This movie loses me. The central premise of this movie, as we're gonna find out, is that they are worried about no longer being able to live in a space station <laughs> because living on Earth would be worse, and that is so far removed from my own view on the situation that it was impossible for me to ever care about anything that was happening in this movie. Yeah. And, and earth is not like in shambles or something. They go down to earth. It's it's fine. You know, gorgeous. It looks so much better than it does today. You know, (laughs) so I don't understand at all what's going on with this. Um, yeah, it's weird that that plot description doesn't really line up with your memory of, of the first movie. Uh, but they probably just goofed uh, when they were writing it, you know? It's chapter two. It's a new chapter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we get the title <laughs> card. It's kind of like a really gross green color. I'm not a fan of the look of the title card, no. I will say. Although it is nice that we got, like, a little something before the title card. Yeah, uh, it, we're not, like, absolutely just jumping straight in like most <laughs> of the other ones. And I do like uh, the little Star Wars entrance on this Tamagotchi device, whatever yeah. it is. You know, it, it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of a fun start. Yeah, it's it, this movie starts off okay, and it just doesn't really go anywhere. That's the problem. Um, okay, so then we pull into the window of the space day. Uh, Xenon and her friend Nebula, who looks different than I remember her looking in the first movie. <laughs> Um, almost possibly a positive for us that we jumped into the second one and didn't watch the first one because Nebula in the first one is played by Raven. Oh, um, good. And yeah. I think that <laughs> I it would have it would have hurt this movie to know that it was. That's a right, because Carrie told me that Raven was in Xenon, and I was like, yeah. and she and I'd forgotten that, and uh, yeah, so Nebula is not. Raven. She has Sh- no. Shadia Simmons, I think, probably how you say yes. it. But yeah. I don't know how to say it. That's that's not Raven. No. That's so not <laughs> that's Raven. That's so not Raven. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said when the movie started, yeah. That's so uh, not Raven. But yeah. it's a good thing, I think, to not have Raven to compare in our minds, you know? Mm-hmm. So possibly good for uh Shadia, Shadia, I don't know how to say her name. Um, let's see. Uh, they get they're they're walking into like a restricted zone where they bump into the commander of the ship. Commander Plank is his name. Um, and their Nebula is worried they're gonna get in trouble, but they get through no problem because Xenon has some sort of like all access pass now to the ship. I don't think this should exist. I'll be honest. What? Uh, for the, like a 15 year old to have the ability, the authority to just roam around. Yeah, they like a trust space her. Station. She's, it's Xenon. She has the best instincts about everything. She, we, we can't yeah. question her. And she's like a 15 year old girl. Yeah. Yes. Um, Xenon takes Nebula to like us, like a back. I don't know. Tech, what is this room? Like a utility room of some sort? I don't know. We don't know what it is, but there's a computer in there where Xenon shows Nebula this new game she's invented. Yes. Which is basically just shitty Pong. 
<laughs> um, but it turns out, first, they're way too excited about the game because the game sucks. Yeah, it's, but, is but, this really the peak of video games? And uh, <laughs> They have fucking the like future. holographic yeah. projectors, and yes. they're like, oh, look at this game where we keep a dot trapped inside an area. Uh, but it turns out it's not a game, Kyle. They're fucking with the control console for, like, the airlocks in Commander Plank's office. Mm-hmm. Um, which, it's a good thing he's not in there because be he would be dead. Yes, yeah. he would be dead. Uh, this is murder that they would be doing. Not murder. So they're lo- Manslaughter? They're What's all- accidental murder? What is that? That's manslaughter, I would, I would say, yeah. But, you know, I'd say Plank also is guilty of some negligence by allowing these kids to go into this room yeah. where they have this power. So maybe it's on him. Um, they, they, they think they're like stopping stuff from getting through a fake computer door. It doesn't matter. They're launching all of his shit into space, mm-hmm. which he notices out the window when he's walking by. Yeah. It's a cool effect to to- too. I think this is a cool effect scene. They just, they probably just put a leaf blower on one end of the room or something and blew stuff towards the door but a leaf blower it probably <laughs> i don't know but it looks good it looks a cool. guy with just a leaf blower yeah. trying to like blow a chair across the room or something um yeah it doesn't look bad um it's just it's just funny to me to imagine that xenon's done this in the past but plank didn't notice that like his office yeah, was, was fucking... completely destroyed like he just walked back <laughs> yes. And it's just, what, what happened? Oh, that's weird. Uh-huh. Um, so then he tries to go in. He almost dies, uh, but he manages to, like, hold on and not get sucked into space. And then he just yells, Xenon! And then it kind of cuts to, like, it almost feels like the opening of, like, a sitcom episode. Like, it's about to cut to opening credits or something, <laughs> you know? Yes. It's not the case. It just kind of cuts to outside the ship, and then we're sometime later where uh, Xenon's on her tablet thing that they all have they look like miniature versions of like the colorful imac computers you mm-hmm. know yeah yeah that must this, be this is probably a steve jobs inspiration for the iphone probably probably yeah he's credited xenon the sequel specifically <laughs> <Yes>. for it <laughs> um I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the poster for this movie and the fact that i had to say cetus lapidus in the in the cold Good open because that's on the poster what does is that even Cetus... mean exactly why i got distracted by it what the fuck is cetus lapidus i don't that's know nothing. it's 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 unreal they say it so many times they do he says it so many times just like cetus lapidus is it blank or whatever is it somehow rooted in latin like is cetus some bastardization of like ceteris because i know ceteris paribus means like all things being equal so maybe Lapidus. I know also? that Lapidus is a character on Lost. He's one. Of, he's like a helicopter pilot, and mm. uh, you know maybe maybe he goes on to uh, be a pilot in that that part that yeah. is a very big deal in in the creation of space, the space age. So is maybe this, is that is that character's last name Lapidus or their it's first his last name? name. Could, yeah. could his first name be Cletus? Cle- and they just <laughs> and they <laughs> fucked it up over the years. Yeah. Uh, no, his, uh, his first name is Frank, Frank Lapidus. Oh. So, okay, well, unfortunately, maybe cool. it's his child. Maybe? His child is, um, is Cetus. 
sure. His seed, uh, yes. Okay, his seedus. Um, all right. Uh, where, Kyle, where was I? She gets dumped by somebody named Greg. Must be from the first movie. Yeah, um, just we're at, uh, Greg's over. We're not Greg gonna... didn't want to come back, whoever he is. Uh, he lives on Earth, so it's a very long distance Yeah, I think he was, uh, yeah, we remember Greg from the first one. He, he was oh, played oh, by, Greg. Uh, yeah, Greg. Oh, yeah, yeah, Greg. Played by, uh, played by Chris Evans. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they couldn't uh-huh. get him back, unfortunately. Yeah. So he was too busy filming Lightyear. Yeah, <laughs> and in two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Well, yeah. It took a long time to get all those. Com- it's a lot of computer effects in Lightyear, Kyle. It took him a long time to finish it. Good. Uh, did you see Lightyear? No, did not. Uh, I tried to see Lightyear with Dot. Oh, uh, I heard this. Yes. Yeah, we went to the theater, and then yeah, within three minutes she started freaking out and crying and said it was she said too scary and asked if we could go back to the car and leave she so we left a, yeah that's uh yeah. that that's like i've yet to take cash to the theater because like he i don't know how he would do with it so we yeah. might try and do like i think he i think like minions might be fun he loves minions and it just pains oh, yeah. me to think that the first movie i'm gonna take my son to is gonna be a minions movie but why not minions uh, Two: the rise of Gru is gonna be the number one box office hit of the year so yeah. i wouldn't uh I wouldn't so, be too yes. about it. um so maybe that one will at be, the drive but Sorry, i'm just throwing, i'm gonna look at our local at our drive-in kyle maybe minions will be showing there hmm Huh? That could be good. You That'd could be take fun. them there because that's a more controlled environment. Yeah, right? they can run around and play. Heck yeah, we sh- we yeah. should all go. That'd be great. You should I'd love it. Let them tire themselves out. Um, no, I did see I Doctor Strange this week though. I saw I saw your letterbox score. Oh yeah, and I was surprised oh, because this is probably the only Marvel movie where I scored it less than you. I know, but it's because <laughs> I love Sam Raimi, and I think that the script for this movie is bad. And Mm -hmm. I think the middle chunk of the movie is pretty bad, but the last half is so much. I love once we get really Sam Raimi and we really Mm -hmm. are going for like the kind of spooky imagery. Oh, I I I did. I I really liked all that stuff. It just, yeah, yeah, the, the movie is just not great, but, oh, but it's a, it is a fun movie and I love the different style to it. And you can just tell it's a, it's a director who, who, uh, put effort into it to make it his own in some ways. And it was just great. I loved yeah. the, the end part was so spooky and cool. Yeah. Very yes. good. It's not like we, it's not like I rated it like five and Kyle rated two. I rated it a half star higher. Than yeah. Him you get three and a half and I <laughs> gave it a three, but um, yes. But yeah. Which I think it's fair. <laughs> it's, it's, it's disappointing in comparison to something like Everything Everywhere All at Once that really makes great use of the multiverse concept with a lot of creativity. It feels like it gets too bogged down with some uh, like bad universe-building cameo crap for a large chunk of mm-hmm. it, especially just because that area also looks the worst of the film. Yeah, because it's so clear that everybody filmed separately and was like composited together, you know, with green screen. And it's just weird to me that they do that. And then they make the CG environment they're in just a big gray expanse of nothing, you know, like just make it at least visually interesting. I just (laughs) thought it was I think that area like does not work on rewatch, especially at all for me. So it's all about the the first part is fine. The middle part is uh, I don't like very much, and then I love the ending. 
So that's that's me. And I really love, also, just love uh, Elizabeth Olsen's performance in it, I will say. Yeah, really she does a great it. job. Her getting to be... I think she works well with Sam Raimi because he's such a horror guy, and she just has those, like, gigantic eyeballs that work so well for, like, a horror director, yeah. you know? I'd love to see her as the lead in, like, a Sam Raimi movie down the line. Mm-hmm. It's like... Uh, yeah, I think it's almost like the movie felt held back with the multiverse concept um, almost, mm-hmm. you know, like if that just wasn't part of it, then yeah, it could have been a little more focused and better. But yeah, um, yeah, I, Elizabeth Olsen, she must just feel like she has a great like hit the gold mine for a character because like she started off as like this hero and then like, I guess, spoiler, I don't know. She's like a villain and like, it's just gotta be fun to like go from one to the other. And then you're just being the villain, which is probably just everyone. I always hear that playing the villain is much more fun than playing the hero. And so it just looks like it's probably, she probably loves it. I don't know. I'm sure she was having a great time getting some actual meat on the bone for a role, you know, especially because yeah. she started off in Avengers 2 as like a cartoony sounding Russian character or whatever the fuck yeah. they're supposed to <laughs> yes. be. Her character is so inconsistent between movies. Yes, I love other kinda, yeah. It kind of contributes to the comic book feel to me, though, because what I do like about Multiverse of Madness, I will say, uh, I like a movie that evokes a certain comic book feeling to me and what multiverse of madness evokes to me is when you pick up a long running comic book, like in the middle of an arc after you haven't read it for like 10 years and you're just like, Oh, okay. I guess this person's evil right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, that's just something that happens to come. Some, you just have to fill in the gaps and accept things. A lot of the times when you grab a random comic book, just to mm-hmm. read one story arc. So I'm just like, if I view it like that, I'm like, yeah, this feels like a comic book. I would have picked up in like 2008 at a comic book store for uh, a Dr. Strange book that I haven't read the first hundred issues of. And I'm yeah. just like, all right, yeah. sure. This is what's happening. Whatever. I buy it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love the, I just imagined at the end, I was like, wouldn't it be funny just like to watch the first Iron Man and then just watch this movie and just see how far <laughs> these movies have, have gone and like how chaotic would it be for like, if I, when I'm watching these movies with cash for the first time, like in the future and I'm like, Hey, let's yeah. watch Iron Man. And then let's watch this movie. And then it's like, what is happening? I do hope that maybe I, I, well, I'm loath to say I hope, but um, I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Raimi getting another shot at, at, at a Doctor Strange movie or any MCU movie, but now with more control, you know? Like, it's clear he inserted his flavor into this, but I'd also like him to have more, like, script-level control and more complete authority to tell whatever story he wants to tell. Because mm-hmm. obviously, like, his Spider-Man movies are amazing except for three where there's the most like studio fingerprints on it you Mm -hmm. know and this movie is like a kind of a middle ground of studio influence i'd say yeah Uh, it would be just because it's the mcu and i'd love for him to get like a like guardians of the galaxy 2 feels like james gunn they were like Maybe in Guardians of the Galaxy 1, James Gunn gets like 60% control. Feels like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, he has like 90% control. Mm-hmm. I would like that path for Sam Raimi. Or better yet, Sam, just make whatever fucking movie you want outside of the MCU and I'll go see it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Kyle, we got to talk about Xenon. Oh, yeah, Xenon, the sequel. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Sorry, that concludes our cinema corner over here. 
Um, although that does remind me of something I want to pitch to you off mic about uh, for the podcast. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it with our scheduling talk as well. Not just yeah, we'll talk about it with our scheduling talk. But this is outside of schedules. Just an idea I had in general. That's um, dangerous. Who cares? I know ideas are dangerous in this world. Uh, you know what else is dangerous? Letting a teen girl have an all access pass. So luckily, Commander <laughs> Plank has revoked it. Kyle, um, even though Xenon is sorry, Major Plank doesn't care. Yeah, that sorry, sorry, Major. Major. That's another thing. Yeah. Everything's major or minor, you know. Yes, and they they do like uh, it's not like I'm majorly sorry. They 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 don't use like adverbs, mm-hmm. you know. They just do it like I'm sorry, Major. They do it the way that you do like. It's almost like when you learn Spanish, and instead yeah. of saying like a red shoe, you say a shoe red. They're yep. doing the uh, the noun and then the adjective after or whatever. Um, he instead assigns her uh, to the alien patrol lab. This is like her punishment, I guess, is her community service. <laughs> She's got to work at the alien patrol lab with maybe a character from the last movie, Orion. I don't know if he was in the uh, last Who movie knows? Or not. I don't... It seems like he's positioned like, oh, this is a character we know. Yeah, he but, was. Well, he was. He was part of the fellowship. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Um, so he's kind of like a weirdo, this guy. Uh, and nobody really takes him seriously or the alien job seriously, but he's very invested in it, right? Mm-hmm. Very weird that they're having like kids do this work. Yeah. You know, why are kids working on this space station? It's the future, man. We're back to, I don't uh, underst- you this know. Is, and this isn't like a government space state. It's like, well, it is, but it's not. It's not like the military is coming to take over. So it's just like a research lab Who knows? that they're in. I it's, don't know what this is. I don't understand. Nobody I, knows. Nobody knows who's right, in charge. Who cares? That's <laughs> our new, that's my new motto. Who yeah. cares? Uh, so I did also think it was weird that like Plank is the one acting like a parent, giving punishments and chores, you know? Yes. Well, I'm like, who, I'm, I, at first I was ship. like, I don't think that this is her dad, but like, is he? No. And no, he's not. Her parents are busy not being parents in this movie <laughs> at all. They suck. I hate her parents. We'll get it to them. Um, so yeah, she has to work there three hours a night and then six hours uh, on weekends. That sucks. That's a, what a yeah. fucking boring job. Um, Orion talks Xenon through a bunch of the tech, but she's not into it. And then we fade to her like, being asleep but she gets woken up during her shift by what appears to be an alien signal kyle Mm -hmm. but it's really just orion with an alarm clock uh speaking of her crappy parents xenon goes to her mom to complain um she her mom just is not like engaged you know with what her parents just aren't really that keyed into what's going on with do they even have a job do they just like chill in their room well they say that they are they're they have important research or experiments at one point that they're working on um yeah they do nothing they 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 just do nothing they just kind of like play chess with each other and almost talk about what's going on with their daughter but mostly focus on themselves for most of the movie uh xenon gets distracted by a news report that the recording artist from the who did a concert in the last movie, Protozoa, he's gone. He's maybe retiring. Retiring? Dev- Protozoa, oh. he can't do that. He can't, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Um, she's it, devastated. Yeah, it's funny. It's like a, it's how I would imagine, I guess, a, a teenage girl reacting to like 
you know, Justin Bieber saying he's retiring or something Kyle, at the get time. Get a hipper reference. Say <laughs> Harry Styles. Harry at least. Styles. Yeah, I guess. But uh, well, I mean, Justin Bieber was a was like big. I guess how old were we when he like first came around? We were in high school, right? When did well? So we okay, weren't. Kyle, it's a lot like COVID nineteen, where Bieber, Bieber fever showed up. And the first cases were earlier, but when did it become a pandemic? <laughs> it's true. You know, <laughs> when did they, when did they shut down the NBA because of Bieber fever? Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So I don't even, I don't remember what time that was, but Bieber fever, when did he be- uh, the great pandemic of our time as everyone yeah. will remember. The, <laughs> did you fever. get, did you get your booster shot for Bieber fever? Good. What what would be a booster shot for Bieber fever? Just some uh I don't know. I love Justin Bieber. I love his new stuff. I'm I just gonna know. say it. I don't know the last time I heard a new Justin Bieber song. I think the last one I did he do that one? Did he do is he does he sing Despacito? <laughs> Maybe he does. No, that's like who sings is Despacito? He featured on that? I think he's featured on it. That's Despacito. Hold on, let me see. Is it's Bieber uh, on it? It's Louis Fonzie? It's ah, it's featuring Justin Bieber. That's the last time I knew Justin Bieber was on a song. I'm sure I've heard something he's recorded since then, but I don't I didn't no one told me it was Justin Bieber. Well, so it's been Despacito is the greatest song of all time. So That's so true. This is, this is so uh, Alexa, play Despacito. <laughs> Uh, Siri, play Despacito. We'll cover our bases. Hey Google, play Despacito. We'll get all of them. Just <laughs> when is uh, um, when is Despacito yeah. two coming out though? That's the real question. Despacito the sequel. The Z- yeah, Despacito. <laughs> the Z- the sequel. Yeah, okay. Um, Kyle, we really we have I have for some reason I have like a ton of notes on this movie and we really gotta get moving. All right, let's go. Um, let's go. Yes, uh, fudge, I lost where I was. Okay, Xenon's devastated. Uh, the music here that plays when she finds out the protozoa is retiring, it sounds like music you would put onto a scene where they found out the space station's gonna explode. You know, mm-hmm. like, yes. it's so severe and dramatic, the it music is. that plays. It's so stupid. Um, then we get a scene in the cafeteria where Commander Plank Let's everyone know, speaking of the station exploding, I guess that the, that the military is coming to take over the station. And basically, they're, it's like they're going to be coming and doing downsizing, right? Like mm-hmm. they're going to yeah. start stripping the station. Trim the fat. Is, you know, it, let's get this. Let's uh, the space station needs to be functional better, like functioning yeah. better. Let's get the military involved, I guess. Fair enough, I guess. Um, everyone's freaking out, including Xenon's dad, who is... Did you recognize him, Kyle? I recognize him, but I don't know from what. Oh, well, how could you forget that he plays Ryan and Sharpay's dad in the <laughs> High School Musical Good. franchise? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, uh, Xenon harasses Plank about not wanting her family to leave because I guess her mom is afraid of Earth and of flying. Okay. This yeah. is just setting up, I guess. Some they got to have some drama. sort of plot set up yeah. for something, you know? Yeah. How do you live your whole life? How long have they been on the space station, I guess? I don't know. How, why is she um, afraid of Earth? Yeah, what is there to be? How is, in what world is it possible to find Earth scarier than a space station? You I know just can't, what? 
you know what? Here it is. This is, I suspect something. And this is on the fly, Dr. Davidson's diagnosis here. Because oh, I snap. think, yeah. You, it's I've, Dr. Davidson's <laughs> diagnosis. What's wrong with them? Bring. I suspect maybe mom has had some trauma in her life. She might have some PTSD, something that happened on Earth, and now she lives her life in space because of it. Mm. Because, and and part of my diagnosis thinking of that is for most of the movie, she has to wear a special stress helmet to help her with mm-hmm. her anxiety. So I think that mm-hmm. she is suffering possibly from some PTSD that happened on Earth, which is why she lives her life in space, avoiding the areas that would trigger her uh, trauma. And uh, she really wears a stress helmet a lot during the movie. And I don't know uh, how a stress helmet works, but I think it might be a form of electroconvulsive therapy, possibly using uh, uh, electricity to stimulate miniature seizures in her, which is a, which is a treatment for depression. That's my yeah. futuristic medicine take on her stress helmet. But, but yeah, I think, I think she probably has some Earth PTSD from something. And that would be my diagnosis. Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. So Kyle's diagnosis is that she has trauma major. Okay. Yeah, trauma major. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've got trauma major. What uh, if I started using slang like this? You should. Start incorporating some xenon slang into your medical diagnoses, and people will think, this guy's hip. Are He's- you feeling stellarious today? <laughs> That's so thermo of you to say I that. Don't, I can't. <laughs> your temperature is so thermo. There you go. I can't even reference it because none of it made any impression on me at all. Like, I, I didn't write any of this slang down, so I can't even come up with a good joke for it. I'm just going to start, just start slow and just use, start using Cetus Lapidus as, a, as an exclamation, you know? Yeah. My dad says Jiminy Criminy all the time, and I'll just Jiminy like kind of... Jiminy Criminy? Yeah, all the time. Jiminy Criminy. At least he said it more when I was growing up, but... I'll just say, it, it, insert Cetus, Cetus Lapidus will be my thing. And that's what, that's might, what my kids will I know. might work Cetus Lapidus in because Dot has picked up my habit of if I like stub my toe or bump into something, I say Jesus Christ. And now every now and then I hear her making out the sound of Jesus Christ. When she <laughs> She's just whispering, Jesus Christ, like repeating. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, so I got to <laughs> I gotta work on that. I'm trying to curve her toward a similar sounding phrase instead. So maybe, maybe Cetus Lapidus is, is the, is the yeah. deity of uh, the Xenon universe, Ooh, you know? There we go. So she's constantly blaspheming throughout the course of the movie. Z3 is, is about the second coming of, of Cetus Lapidus. <laughs> and it's a uh, uh, Lord Cetus Lapidus and his one ring that bound them all. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. It comes back. Okay. This makes sense. Um, I'm so lost. Cause we keep fucking getting distracted. <laughs> Oh my god. We're we're, fo- okay, we're, we're we got we're, we're, we're focused. focused. We're all, all our, our QZ noners are trying to focus in on this plot tr- here. We are leaving so many juicy hidden messages for the QZ noners out there though <laughs> that are paying attention. <laughs> it's going to be January 6 all over again and once again Kyle is responsible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Um Kyle, Plank, and Xenon are informed that General Hammond, who is uh, the guy in charge of this military operation, has made it to the ship, and he wants to see Xenon, of all people. Uh, Xenon expects an important task from him, 
but instead he just asks her to watch his daughter, Margie? Margie? Who we all remember from the first movie. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Not a good relationship uh, there. Because, I mean, we remember Xenon in the first movie was running from an evil time-traveling cyborg assassin because her unborn yeah. son will one yeah. day save mankind from extinction yeah. by an yeah. evil AI. And mm-hmm. that evil time-traveling cyborg assassin was Margie. So, yeah. Unfortunate that Xenon. she's here now. Yes, this is Xenon the sequel, Judgment Day, though. And so now Margie lets Xenon know to come with her if she wants to live. Yes. Uh, she's been sent back in time yeah, to protect her. I, wa- I do want to shout out uh, actor John Getz as General Hammond. Um, he's just he's in the movie Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, which is a movie that I liked a lot as a kid. And I was happy to see him. It made me feel happy. It was a nice moment of happiness in this film viewing. Of, that was otherwise filled with nothing inside my body. Uh, they go, they go back to Xenon's room where Margie, Margie's some sort of spoiled like asshole, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they go back to Xenon's room where Margie threatens to get Xenon's family reassigned to Earth, basically, if Xenon doesn't suck up to her. It's a very like brink. Uh, dynamic where it's like mm-hmm. now you have to be nice to me in public, but I'm still gonna be an asshole to you. You know? Yeah, it's more than that. It's like her personal servant for everything. Yeah, it is. Like it it's is. annoying. And we get a montage of Xenon kind of sucking up or being like a servant for Margie, where she like she cuts up her food, she does her homework, she gives her cake. It's a whole thing. Um, and then Xenon vents to Nebula about all this, and they discuss how people are like already getting kicked off of the ship. And Xenon says she won't just you know, she may have to suck up to Margie, but she's not going to roll over and play dead, right? Mm-hmm. So she puts super glue into Margie's toenail polish. Yeah. Which I do think was, I remember thinking that was funny as a kid. I do think it's like a good prank to get someone to glue their sock to their foot. Yeah. That's going to suck. It kind of looked but cool, too, when she was trying to pull it off. Yeah, it it's looks like, good. Yeah, it's cool. But it's also like, why are you going to piss Margie off? She's going to know that was you. Yeah. You know, I do, defeats the whole relationship. Uh, later, Xenon's chilling in the alien lab where um, she's got, she has one of those. Did you ever get one of these boxes that she has? Uh, she's got, what? They used, they get, she's got like a cardboard box, like toy that you can like, you like push it and it will like keep folding in on itself, like permanently or whatever. It's something they handed out at junior achievement meetings. I remember getting one. Of those I, I'm when like the junior I achievement. I'm blanking on what she school. even had, so I don't. I don't. It's. I don't know how to describe so. it. Really, it's. It's just like a dumb, cheap, kind of toy that I remember them handing out when the JA people came to elementary school, and it's not futuristic at all. And I just thought it was funny that she had it. Um, but then she starts hearing some rights free sound effects coming through the, uh, the panel. I don't know how to do the noise, but you know, the noise, mm-hmm. it's like the stock sound. Anytime someone's broadcast is being interrupted. Yes. You know, um, she alerts the commander and then he and Orion come down and kind of mansplain to her why it's nothing. And she's just hearing things. Uh, and then her parents also don't really believe her or care when she tells them. They're like, maybe you're just making it up because you're so stressed right now. <laughs> and then I guess word I already is out have on a this. big. So I already have a big problem with Orion here. 
Yeah. Because in the first scene where we meet mm-hmm. Orion, he is like this like skittish, like really nervous character. And like, yeah. he's like, you know, talking about his job and like, oh, it could be, you know, aliens, they'll show up like right when you, you're you not expecting it to. And like, it looks like he's really worried about it. The rest of the space station's like, aliens don't exist. We just have you down here to work this because we're supposed to or something, you know? And then yeah. in this scene, she's like, hey, I think I heard an alien. And he's like, whatever, you know, like, and I'm like, what, what is this character supposed to be? He was, and he's like acting completely different. You know, I suspect that they didn't give it that much thought, Kyle. And uh, this movie might be, but the actor's like not even acting neurotic anymore. Like he was super neurotic in that first scene. And I honestly wrote down, I was like, best performer question mark. Cause I was like, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe this guy will end up being cool. And then like his character completely changes after the first scene. And then he's just nothing. The rest of the movie. It sucks. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Um, except about thinking he might be best performer. Cause I don't think there was a point when I was watching this where I thought, Oh no, no a best performer. Yeah. That, well, that was the, I, I mean, I only mean, even point. when he showed up, yeah. that was the only point in the movie where I wrote down best performer question mark for anybody. So <laughs> all right, well, we'll see what happens there later. Um, I guess words out on the station. Cause like two loser boys start making fun of Xenon mocking her alien visitors or whatever. Um, and then Xenon ditches them, and she finds, of all things, Nebula and a bunch of her friends fawning over Margie's holographic movie player thing in the cafeteria. I did vaguely remember this and thinking it looked really cool when I was a kid. Sort of like the smart house walls, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's awesome. But really, would you want to watch something that way? It's, like, tiny, and the resolution probably sucks, and... Can you hook it up to speakers? Like, is this the just, hologram thing, or is this the? Yeah, this is her thing she has on the table. That's like a hologram thing. No, I wouldn't want to watch something as a yeah, hologram. I don't want to see what have other people like watch. It's like when you're on an airplane, you know, and you want to yeah. watch something. And like one time, I forget what it was. I think I was on an airplane and I started watching like a Game of Thrones episode, and then yeah, realized oh, I you're fast forwarding not... the nudity. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> I was pausing on the nudity and the rewinding. <laughs> I realized like oh, uh, I don't. This probably isn't an airplane appropriate watch here and so i remember like turning it on uh, turning it off because of that and like not that they're watching game of thrones on this thing but in general i don't really want to be it's like turning your volume on loud it was weird that margie was watching the scene where like theon gets his dick cut off during a disney (laughs) channel original movie i thought that was pretty inappropriate honestly but it's the sequel you don't know i mean this movie was rated z so, uh, I just want to do, let's do a quick Game of Thrones tangent while we're on this subject. Why are they talking about doing a Jon Snow follow-up show? I don't know, because people... It's done. Yeah, it's like, over. You fucked it up. Let it go. Well, he is okay? involved in it. I think he wants he to return the, as the character. It's his idea. And, and I know, it's Kit Harington saying... Game of Thrones is done, and I'm scared because I don't have a lot of great offers on the table right now. Sure. You know? And I think, Kit, you can't leave. You're going to pigeonhole yourself. You're going to make yourself less happy in the long run if you do this show. But also, what's really mind-blowing to me is that George R.R. Martin is, like, on board to be involved with it. Buddy. Finish your fucking book before you start (laughs) working on the show that takes place after your book. If you want more Jon Snow, write your book, George. Yeah. 
He's not going to write it. He's done right. He's not. It's so weird to me, though, to imagine being an author. I write five books in my seven book series. It gets turned into a show. That show passes me. It ends presumably with something kind of close to my ending, but like the shittiest possible way to get there, <laughs> you know? And then rather than being like, well, I'm going to write my book to redeem this and get the right ending. Instead, I'm like, why don't I hop on board this show that takes place after Afterwards, the story yes. that I wanted to tell? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? George. Makes no sense. But You're killing me. Buddy. I am. Just... I am like hopeful because I love Game of Thrones so much. I am hopeful that this like prequel series will be like good, you know, and it's not something that I'm like thinking it's i just feel so burned by the end of game of thrones but like looking back and how i felt about game of thrones before this last season really for me was i loved it and so i'm hoping that prequel series is really good but who knows the john snow series that- it's like i guess you know everyone expected him to be the 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 king at the end you know and to like get his yeah, moments and he didn't have sure. any of his moments and so like, well, he didn't want it kyle well, he, I mean, he made it pretty it. Yeah. clear he didn't want it he so let true. us know well now he <laughs> wants it and he's coming back Ugh, I, i'm not i'm so not i mean they'll probably get me to watch it but i will only i'll hate watch it if anything <laughs> you know yes i uh, <laughs> that's just how i feel i think my relationship's over with game of thrones friendship ended stormlight archive is my new best friend and i'm just not gonna care anymore. well you know what my secret hope is is that uh one day george R. R. martin's just like hey brandon sanderson can you finish the no. series here's the thing i can't imagine someone who is more of a polar opposite of the type of writing <laughs> and that of. this is very true he can't brandon's not going to write of uh, all of the like graphic sex and, and murder yeah, that's not gonna be him you're, you're very true very correct you know if brandon just wrote an outline i'd be fine yes. with that just if he, can, he should outline the story for george so george can i think can he can write it yeah george was like brandon's gonna help me cut through some of these knots that i'm stuck on i'd be down with that for sure. Yeah, you're right. Oh, man. I'm just picturing... They're, like, the total opposite in what they write about and, like, their style and also just their speed. But more than anything, I love that George R. R. Martin writes literally with, like, two fingers chicken pecking <laughs> yes. on, like, a computer from, like, 50 years ago. It just the, the total dichotomy between these guys. Whatever. This is not a fantasy book. Po- Last week was a book podcast, yes. kind of. <laughs> This yes. week we're talking Xenon and we're loving it and we're going to finish this movie Kyle. Let's go. Okay. Um in the AP lab. Oh wait, sorry. Xenon like gets into some guff. Not really. There's a, some struggle between her and Nebula because Z has to go work and Nebula wants to go That's watch so not this Raven, fucking, you know. It's not Raven now, but Nebula goes and hangs out with Margie even though Xenon has to work. Whatever. Xenon's in the AP lab. She hears more alien noise, but it's almost it's starting to sound like s- melodic almost. Zoom 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 zoom. Oh, I know I know what it is. Huh? What is it? It's a Mazda commercial. Oh yeah. Zoom zoom zoom. 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 Yeah. So, so, oh my gosh, I forgot those. Um, obviously, it is Protozoa's song from the first movie that we all remember, his Zoom Zoom song, which is <laughs> one of the only things I remember from the movie is the Zoom Zoom Zoom, make my heart go boom boom. I believe that is the song he sings at the end of the first movie. Um, she shows Plank and General Hammond. Uh, but Hammond's reaction makes Plank nervous, I guess. He's like, this 
equipment must be malfunctioning, so let's close down more of this station. Mm-hmm. So then Plank is like, Xenon, you're out of here. You're not on alien duty anymore. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, later, I guess the station, like, PA announces that uh, they're going to be jettisoning off one of the module, one of the parts of the station today. That felt like it was abrupt. Like, we didn't get any, like, yeah, this is no. coming. Let's try to stop it. It was just, no, this is happening now. They're carving uh, up our space station like med students on a cadaver. Yeah. That was what uh, they say. I like that line. Okay. Glad. Uh, <laughs> Xenon's parents are concerned, and Z decides she's going to do something to figure out how to stop this. So she goes to Plank, who has been moved to like a utility closet now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Plank is upset and kind of lashes out, suggesting that this could honestly all be Xenon's fault with her alien talking. Yeah, um, which is yeah. absurd. She said like one thing. Like they make this alien thing, like she's le- like doing all this stuff because I'm of sorry. it. Oh, I'm sorry. You put her in the alien patrol lab and she yeah. heard some noise and reported it like she's supposed to. <laughs> yes. It's her fault. But they like Fuck keep off. acting like the whole movie, like she's obsessed with this alien thing and won't let it go. And, and she's like ruining all of her relationships because of it. And we never see anything like that on screen. No. It's just like every time she's in the lab, she hears more zums and yeah. like that's and it. She, and she's like, maybe this can help me save the station. Oh, what a terrible person. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so yeah he suggests that and then z is upset but even more upset when she bumps into margie and nebula being friends her and nebula get into like a big blow up where they basically decide like they're not even going to be friends anymore right Mm -hmm. uh back in her room z laments to herself her troubles which is something i just fucking hate in movies when there's only one director who who's ever successfully pulled off multiple times to me, somebody talking to themselves in a movie. And that is Sam Raimi who (laughs) does it in Spider-Man one and two. He has scenes where green goblin and Dr. Octopus just monologue to nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, But he does this work of setting them up to be like crazy and hearing voices, you know, I don't like whenever anyone is in a room alone expressing their feelings out loud to nobody. You don't do that? Because why would you do that? No, you yeah. don't do that? <laughs> I don't. Sometimes I honestly do it to entertain myself like I'm in a bad movie. You know? <laughs> like, sometimes when I'm alone at home, I'll just talk out loud as if I'm speaking dialogue from a terrible movie. I don't know if that makes me sound crazy, but I do do that. Oh, we know, um, you're, you're, we know you're a little... Off, off your rocker a little bit. So. Yeah, we all go a little mad watching Xenon. Yeah. Uh, it happens. Um, and then she gets a mysterious message on her Apple oh, iPad. Uh, I wrote it down because I, I they've said it and I and it stuck. Zap pad is what these are called. So these ah. are the essentially Z pads instead of iPads. It's a zap pad. There so. it is. They really did get the Steve name. Steve Jobs uh, was writing down notes. Um... So the original name for uh, the Apple II, the computer, was the Apple Sequel. Yes, the uh, Apple. I don't know that. Uh, Macintosh Mac Sequel. Yeah. Uh, so it's an alien signal, and now it's just like clearly playing Protozoa's Zoom 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 song. So she calls Orion, and she shows him the message compared to her album. I feel like Protozoa is so famous that Orion should know the song. Like he did a concert on their space day. Yeah. And it was pretty noteworthy. Yeah. So you think you would know. Whatever. They decide that the aliens are messaging them because they maybe want to meet Protozoa. 
Um, but before they can tell anybody, they have to strap themselves in as Module 7 gets jettisoned, which Xenon did not stop. Failed at that task, I guess. Um, it's crazy. They just, like, it's like a whole chunk of the space station. Yeah. The space and they're not. They just launch it off into space? Yeah. Like, it's just gone. The, and now they no, have to, like, yeah. <laughs> It sucks because, like, if you're on one of the... Because it's like the, the space station's a circle, right? And so they jettisoned yeah. off part of that circle. So if you're on one of those edges, you got to walk around the whole spaceship. All the like, way there? Ooh, sucks. Yeah, like, what stinks. is the purpose of actually getting rid of the unit? You know? Like, just turn off the air and AC and all that, you know? I think it's... Because we learn that the station is, like, out of its proper orbit because of some sabotage in the last movie... Maybe they're jettisoning pieces to try to like save it, reposition it. Like the force of jettisoning it can redist. Like you know, when you're in space, if you if you have like a thruster and you blast it, like you that momentum carries forward because there's no air resistance to stop you. Sure, you know. So maybe they're like the force of shooting off this will help kind of guide us back into our proper orbit or redistribute our weight or whatever, like in relation to Earth. Maybe that's what they're doing, but it's not very clear, and I don't think that we need to concern ourselves with it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned where that. you thought the space station would go. Do you know what the plans are for when the ISS, like when they're when we're done with it in like ten years or something, they're gonna crash it somewhere on Earth? No, I don't know though. I just learned this the other day, but it's a uh, Point Nemo is a spot in the ocean that is like the most remote spot from any land in the Pacific Ocean, like the very center of it, kind of thing. And it's like so incredibly remote. There's no like barely any life in the area because it's just Mm -hmm. there's not enough like nutrients there or any like sediment. And uh, very few people have actually been to Point Nemo because it's just so far out of anything and there's no shipping that goes through it. So that's where they plan. It's off of the drop off and most people don't like to go past the drop off. Exactly. That's a dangerous spot. (laughs) Yeah. And so uh, so, yeah, they're going to. I, maybe that's where they're going to chunk off this giant piece of, maybe. of space. Well, we know that it comes back later. So it seems to me they just are sending yeah. it off into space. Uh, whatever. Uh, also, that's some real, like, uh, that's some real human being shit to, like, build a giant thing and launch it into space, and then we're done with it, just chuck it into the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, we're done with this. Just chuck it. Who cares? It's the ocean. Are we allowed We're to never do that? Gonna, to just, what? How does that work with the oceans? Like, I guess it's like, uh, what, what, what is it? International waters, so you can just do whatever there. <laughs> yeah. Like, you think other countries might be like, oh, no, you can't just fucking drop this giant thing into the ocean. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, nobody has ownership I of guess. Yeah. the ocean out to a, from a certain point from land, so... I don't know. I, there's no rules. We can just make a big trash island. It's fine. There's one thing I know. There will be no negative repercussions. Our planet's doing great. I think it's fine. It, you know? was, it wasn't like 100 degrees this week, all week. You know, Most it's, of the oxygen we breathe comes from algae in the ocean. It, so I don't think it's going to... I don't think we need to worry about that. I don't think we need to worry about that, you know? Certainly don't need to worry about the trees. I mean, it's like 70% no, 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 no. comes from the algae in the ocean. So let's, yeah, we don't need that. Just get rid of the Chop trees. these trees down. They're just, honestly, they're just making it harder for me to get a tan. Yeah. Um, put Pave paradise. Put up a parking lot, you know? Absolutely. Put the trees in a tree museum. <sighs> Kyle, where 
Okay, so they jettisoned it. Uh, uh, Z goes to the cafeteria. She makes up with Nebula, who reveals that her sector is also getting jettisoned, like, sometime soon. And Z, once again, is like, I'm not going to let that happen. Spoiler alert, it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, they go somewhere to do something. I honestly wasn't sure what they were doing, and that's what I wrote down. Where they buy, they're, they're carrying, like, a big chunk, a big, a big trunk, uh, and they bring it to this room where they see like Nebula's belongings and they lament that Nebula's leaving and Margie's hiding in here for some reason that is never explained and overhears them. And it seems like maybe she feels bad, but also maybe like she's just eavesdropping unclear. (laughs) Uh, And then they do fail to stop Nebula from getting jettisoned because the next scene is Nebula and her mom leaving the space station saying goodbye to Xenon's parents and Xenon's not even there. Yeah. So whatever. Um, but then as the shuttle lands on Earth that Nebula was getting on and Xenon, uh, or sorry, and they're putting the luggage away, we see that trunk that Xenon and Nebula were carrying and it makes a noise because Xenon was in the box, Kyle. I love this because like this is it's a guy like carrying the case and then he like yeah. sets it down and you hear like he hears her like shriek, like make a human noise. And he mm-hmm. like pauses and looks at the case for a second. And then, like, in the ultimate, like, not my job, not my problem, he just walks away. And it, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, like... I don't care. Mm, I'm not getting involved. And, like, he, like, mm. looks at it for a second, then just walks away. Like, exactly. You know, if you open that case, like, multiple days of your life are going to become a hassle if you yeah. find a human being inside yes. a piece of luggage. Like, there's just no getting around it. You're going to have to at least talk to some supervisors about it. Yep. And uh, I'd rather just let it be someone else's trouble. <laughs> um, so Xenon frees herself from the case and finds Margie's already waiting for her because Margie freed herself like 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And Why then she reluctantly. What is she know. doing? What? She wants to be part of an adventure, I guess. Because deep down, Margie wants to be Xenon's friend. You know, like deep, deep down, I think, Mm -hmm. I guess. Sure. Uh, Xenon reluctantly brings Margie along with her to her Aunt Judy's house, which I think Xenon was staying with her Aunt Judy in the last movie. I think in the first movie, it's actually like Xenon thinks there's some trouble on the station and she's causing trouble. So they send her to live on Earth with her aunt until things calm down, maybe. And it's her, like, finding her way back to the space station and solving the trouble or something. I don't remember. But this is her Aunt Judy. Um, And honestly, this is where I wrote down, Earth looks incredible. It's lush. It's green. There's waterfalls. It's not, like, a shitty-looking place at all. Margie has, like, a great plot of land. Like, she's not, like, living in the suburbs either. She's got a lot of room to herself. You know, it just looks like a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I would love... I mean, I mean, Aunt Judy, not Margie. Uh, I'd love to live with Judy here. Um, Aunt Judy is like immediately totally on Z's side. She's all in on aliens being real. Uh, she agrees to help them find Protozoa. And then they do some brainstorming and somehow land on the fact that they should look for clues in his music because people write what they know. <laughs> yes, this is this is insane. This is just a big fart of nonsense. <laughs> yes. It's he mentions the word Nova a lot and also a woman named Linda, hmm. I guess. And so they decide he's at a place called Nova Linda. Okay. 
So they just go on their Z pad and just type yeah. in Nova Linda and it gives them the exact location yeah. of his like chateau yeah. uh-huh. in the mountains. That makes sense. That makes uh, so much sense. We, so we cut now to Protozoa who is, he's recording a message to like his manager about how he's going to become a recluse now because basically he's achieved all of his goals. You know, mm-hmm. there are no more kingdoms left to conquer. He just wants to so be a cabana Protozoa boy. wept. Yeah. Uh, Z, Margie, and Judy arrive like on the outskirts of his property and Judy decides to just send two teenage girls alone to trespass on a man's property. <laughs> Judy is not an great. awful aunt. Like, just Terrible. Awful like, uh, aunt. Not a good guardian at all. No. Um, so they, 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 go to, they go on like a gorgeous mountain hike, Margie and Z. Um, and Margie is complaining, which I think is weird because she's the one who's from Earth. Mm-hmm. So, like, Xenon should be the one who's struggling with this. Margie's character makes no sense to me. Like, it made no. sense in the beginning when she was just a jerk, but now, like, why did she even come down to Earth? Why Why is she complaining? Why does she want to be... N- nothing makes sense with her character at it's all. Like, she's, like, she's like, I wanted to be the one to go on an adventure, but... You're from Earth, so the adventure for you should be going up to space, wouldn't you think? Mm-hmm. Yep, you'd think. Oh, well. Um, so we, we go back onto the shuttle where Hammond finds a message from Margie claiming that Xenon basically forced her to go and kidnapped her. Mm-hmm. Like, Margie, you suck. Why yeah. are you here? You're an asshole. Like, yeah, literally the worst. Literally the worst. Uh, there's this part that happens next where the girls are like stopped by a giant spider. Mm-hmm. It's like built a web between two trees and they won't, they don't want to pass it. Like Xenon has to get rid of it with like a stick. Why don't you just walk around the trees? Nope, not possible. Why fuck up this spider's day and its web? <laughs> like let it live its life. It's outside, just whatever. Um, So they do that. They get past that. Hammond oh, I goes think it's because they didn't have the set build out too far i guess they're in the actual forest but they didn't clear enough for them to walk around so they had to this is not planned this was the scene was not planned they're just trying to walk through it so yeah it makes sense but the camera is on the other side of the web so maybe the spider built its web after the camera guys passed that makes more that Uh, makes sense yeah yeah it does it's a it's a quick building spider um it's a genetically enhanced super spider uh because the first movie was all about uh peter parker being built by a genetically enhanced super spider, right? And yes, that was yeah, Xenon. You you said Peter yeah. Parker, but it was a Oh yeah. Xenon. Yeah. Well, that well, I thought Xenon was Peter Parker's neighbor uh who he had a crush on the whole time. Oh but, yeah. Sure. Um actually Xenon was actually a professional wrestler who went by the name Bone Saw in <laughs> yes. that movie. Uh, <laughs> she was she was actually uh aunt aunt to yeah. peter parker it was very sad uh, when she died yes. so very surprising to see her back in this movie very surprising um if you hear by the way if you hear any uh barking i can hear dot pretending to be a dog outside my office so <laughs> if you hear any barking that's what that is well, this is the time of day uh, usually chain her up outside to act like a dog yeah, for yeah, a yeah. while she just needs right? she needs a walk so <laughs> i mean that's <laughs> um oh Whoops, almost spilled my coffee. Okay, the girls, uh, oh, sorry, back on the ship, Hammond finds Xenon's parents who are busy just not noticing that their daughter is gone, um, just doing nothing, being useless, and informs them that they're that the girls are missing. I do like that Xenon has this, like, 
elaborate setup of if someone knocks on her door, it plays like a set of pre-recorded responses, getting mm-hmm. them to go away. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coincidentally, Judy just happens to call them at this exact moment, presumably feeling guilty about sending two girls to their possible death, hiking <laughs> a mountain alone, um, where she confesses what's going on. Right? Why didn't you call the parents first thing, Aunt you Judy? Think. Why didn't you, you call them first think. thing? No, because she's a cool, fun aunt, and she doesn't want to lose that, you know, role. That if is Cash a good point. Cammy, you really don't want to lose that fun aunt. If if Cash and Cammy came to me and they were said, "We're looking for Justin Bieber," I would absolutely lead them to Justin Bieber's compound. As you should. You're you the know. fun. You're the fun I'm uncle. The fun uncle. Yeah. I want to be the fun uncle. Yeah. Um. Xenon and Margie managed to find Protozoa's house, and um, here they bond a little bit, maybe, because Margie is, like, impressed with Xenon, I guess. I don't know. She just uh, she she's she just sits and stares at Protozoa. Well, this is this is not quite yet. Oh, they okay. found his house, and this is where Margie's like, I wanted to have an adventure like you, <laughs> I guess, is what she says. And then they get caught in protozoa's like electronic laughing fence yes i don't it's know tickling what this, their ankles it's a it's what a this deterrent is it's a weird kind of home security that just makes you laugh yeah i took it as it was just like it held their their feet in their like from their like their lower legs down and it just tickled and that's why they were laughing i didn't take it as it was actually a laughing thing whatever it is, I guess if it's your thing where it locks your ankle in place and it tickles, that sounds like torture to be stuck in that. Yes. That would be awful. That would be terrible. Um, here they find protozoa and they show him the alien message. And this is where Margie is just like standing there slack jawed whenever protozoa is in front of them, which is the only thing in this movie that I thought was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Xenon sells Protozoa on the idea of being the first rock star to perform for aliens. So he agrees to do it, to go with them, I guess. And then we see Xenon's parents who are honestly mostly talking about their own bullshit and not (laughs) about their missing daughter. And they're still going to work rather than looking for her. Uh, But they, as they're leaving for work, they're locked in their room by one of Hammond's goons who is like a military guy who's like, uh, General Hammond's orders, you're keeping you in your room until the girls, or the missing girls show back up. And they're not like, we're leaving to find the girls. The dad's like, we have important experiments we're working on. Yes. It's, yeah. These, these parents suck. They don't care. They do. They suck. They're bad. Back on Earth, Protozoa uh, brings up some kind of logical concerns about how they're possibly going to find the aliens. Um, but luckily Xenon has figured it all out in about 10 seconds because she has a map on her tablet, on her zap pad that they sent her, I guess. Mm -hmm. They downloaded a map when they sent her her Zoom Zoom message. She got a Zoom call and they (laughs) uploaded the map. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That's what this movie's about? Okay. Um, I will say uh, Xenon is making food for everybody for some reason. I don't know why she's making food for a fucking adult. Um... (laughs) But she's cut up like a fruit plate with like melon and marshmallow and chocolate on it, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And Protozoa gives it this look like, ew. And she's like, I don't do the cooking. And I just want to say, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, I it thought looks it looked fine. delicious. 
I would yeah. eat this snack. Not a, it's not a healthy snack by any means, but look pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Stop complaining, uh, protozoa. Like, jeez. You just had a 15-year-old make you make you a try to make you a meal. Like, maybe complain that two 15-year-olds uh, are trespassing on your property. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, Z sends the map to Orion, and he's gonna like help them decipher it. And then she convinces Margie to call her dad to send them a shuttle, right? Mm-hmm. And it plays that kind of ominous music again. And I think I realized it sounds a lot like the music in the Firefly episode Out of Gas when Mal's, like, almost dying. Okay. So, yeah. I think it's, like, a similar synth tone or something. Nobody cares about that. Uh, her call goes wrong I guess, and Hammond can't hear them for plot reasons. It's the only time this ever happens, and there's no explanation for it. Um, It's just that Margie's bad with technology, even though we've seen her have cutting-edge holographic technology earlier in the movie. Mm -hmm. Now she's suddenly bad with technology. Makes no Uh, sense. So she can hear Hammond, but he can't hear her, and he reveals that they are going to basically scrap the entire space station because it has gone dangerously out of orbit. Um, everyone is like mad about this, but it's like, it's like they're mad that the space that he has the audacity to shut down the space station, never like taking into account that he's trying to save everybody's lives. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't do a good job of presenting it to like, I don't know if this is the moment or at the end. I think it's more at the end, but like he, you know, he's not really given the full information to people, but like also, you know, it, He's trying to sit. He's trying to like save people, right? Like that's his whole yeah. thing. But yeah. But yeah, he he just he doesn't make. The, he should let them know. Like there is a problem with this shuttle, uh, and it's too dangerous for everybody to stay on board. Maybe we can send everybody back, brainstorm some ways to fix it, and then you can come to the shuttle. You know, mm-hmm. like whatever. Um, this is where Aunt Judy then like calls Plank to try to convince him uh, to fly them to the alien map coordinates along with Orion. Orion helps, I guess, like by showing Plank the coordinates where they go or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Aunt Judy and Plank are a couple. Yeah, yes. We find out they're like boyfriend, girlfriend. That must be a thing in the first movie. I don't remember it, but it must be. It makes sense that like, Xenon's maybe like number one, not necessarily rival, but you know, person who she's butting heads with on the ship would then have a relationship with like her number one supporter on earth, you know, like just for kids movie dramatic tension. That's just something that would happen. Sure. Obviously like that's, that's how Plank's going to find the middle ground to understand Xenon is he's doing it because he wants to get laid. So that just makes sense to me. Yeah. And a children. Yes, uh, makes perfect sense to the kids. Uh, while waiting to hear back from Plank, Z and Margie have a conversation where Xenon is basically trying to get the bottom of why Margie is such a bitch. Um, and it turns out, Kyle, you'll never get, you'll never guess, but Margie is actually insecure herself. What? Um, no, I know. Uh, you never see I that coming so. with bullies. Mm, no, <laughs> insecurity not a not a thing with bullies. Mm-mm. Disney, you got this one wrong. Sorry. You got it all wrong. Elsewhere, uh, Nebula is being a real spoiled Margie. 
she's complaining to her mom about like how she's seen prisons that are nicer than the apartment that they're living in. They have a perfectly nice apartment that they're in. Yeah. This is fine. This is a nice place that they are living in on earth. And you know what? You know, what's better than a prison is having like a nice lush environment out your window. Unlike (laughs) your space station where it's just the cold blackness of space. You can't walk outside in a space station. I don't understand how they're going to try to make me believe being on Earth is in worse a nice than apartment. being on the space station. Yeah. The space station is so clearly more like prison. Yeah. Like it's cold and industrial. It's not fun. <sighs> okay. Um, but they don't she doesn't get to complain very long. Um, because the fuzz shows up. A bunch of, like, military police show up to interrogate her about Xenon's whereabouts. Uh, which she doesn't really have any information for them, right? She's just like, I told you, she's looking for protozoa. That's what I know. Yep. Um, Plank goes to Hammond and lies about needing to get the shuttle to get laid. He's like, (laughs) he's just like, my girlfriend really wants me to visit. Can I take this shuttle just for a day? I'll be back in no time, you know? And we all know going if you're back going back to for Earth, day, stay longer than a day, dude. Like, yeah. You if know. he's going for a day, we know what he's going for, yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess Hammond abides. He's like, yeah, sure, do that. And I thought maybe he was setting him up, but that doesn't seem to be the case. No, it's He not. just he kind of believes him and then coincidentally finds out he's lying in a minute. Um. Judy lets everybody know that Plank is in and they have to go head to like their rendezvous point as soon as possible. And then the military police show up at Judy's place too, but she just like dips out of there, fucking hops the fence and leaves, which I thought was good. <laughs> uh, Plank and Orion prepare to leave, um, but they have zero tact or ability at subterfuge. So they are just openly talking at full volume about how their plan is to pick up Xenon. Yeah. And, full volume. And full the volume, secret not, plan. Not, not in a secret room at full volume, but rather walking down the hallway at full volume. Yes. <laughs> where they are, in fact, overheard by Hammond. Wouldn't you know it? Um, damn. Plan's ruined. And then I was very confused by this next scene. It's like Xenon's parents are in her room, are in their room complaining um, and then like Orion breaks into the room for us. He just like pops his head down <laughs> through their ceiling. And then that's the end of that scene. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. And then, uh, Judy shows up at Nebula's house, I guess to pick up Nebula. She's coming along. These are boring scenes. This is what I wrote. Who cares? Yep. Um, and then Z's parents call her and they encourage her basically to give herself up to Hammond because it seems like, or- I guess Orion broke into their room and told them that Plank has now been arrested. Mm-hmm. But we aren't told that. We only learn it because the parents call and tell Xenon that she should give herself up. Otherwise, she'll end up like Hammond. Yeah. I don't know. Or like Plank. Whatever. Who cares? Um, but Xenon is like, well, mom... I really care about this, and the only solution, I think, is for you to come and fly us. Why (laughs) is that the case? 
Have we established that her mom used to be a pilot no, or something? No, it's this whole movie is just full of whys. Why is this happening? Why why is just, why is this person acting this way? And it nothing makes there, sense. There must be somebody else on this ship who cares to save it, who isn't afraid of flying, that knows how to fly. <laughs> but instead we're gonna get your mom, whose only character trait is being debilitatingly afraid of flying and going to Earth. Yeah. To the point where she needs to shock her brain 24 hours a day to even function (laughs) to do it. Okay, whatever. She caves. She agrees to do this, and Orion takes her to what she assumes is going to be like a normal shuttle, but... Instead, it's like a tiny little shitty garbage ship. Yeah, and I hate this. I hate the mom. She's like, ugh, like, size. Like, this is the worst thing ever. Like, that she has to drive, like, a garbage truck, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, her daughter is missing, like, or, like, I guess found at this point. But, like, she should be worried about her daughter and, like, not care what type of ship she's able to get out on. I would say that she could be like, well, my daughter's with Aunt Judy. She'll be fine. But we've seen that Aunt Judy's incredibly irresponsible. Yes, very uh, irresponsible. Like, she should be worried and not care about what type of ship, you know? Yeah. It's, I I, like, I guess, if, I mean, I could see being a little afraid to fly it, well, I guess. Right. But the problem like she's is just, that, She should be afraid to fly it, no matter what the ship is. Yeah. And, like... I, I think the problem is that I don't even have a frame of reference for what a shitty ship looks like in the world of Xenon. <laughs> so to me, this basically just looked like a what I picture a shuttle looking like. Right. It doesn't look unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. They don't have the CGI budget to make it look detailed enough right. to be yeah. shitty. It's just like a kind of a flat looking ship with maybe a little bit of grime on it. <laughs> Um, whatever. Z, Margie, Protozoa, Nebula, and Aunt Judy all meet up on like a beach where Xenon fills them in on the whole mom being a pilot and Plank being in jail situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you'll love my next note that I wrote down. Uh, I wrote, this movie sucks. I can't take much more of this bullshit. Yeah, this is, uh, this is after you've taken multiple breaks, correct? Yeah. Yeah. This is, I think this is toward the end of my second viewing i think i had to take a break like right after this reminds me of my note very from a nap very early in my notes where i said the cetus lapidus thing is getting annoying and that was like 20 minutes into the movie (laughs) and at this point it's just it's just too much this movie's too much uh uh, um so this okay so here we get uh xenon everybody they get picked up by her mom who's i kind of start glossing over the events at this point to get done with my notes Mm -hmm. i also think uh oh wait no i have a note uh for my third viewing on where the movie picked up for me that we'll get to um okay never mind No, no no this is okay this movie sucks note was like two minutes into my third sitting i think okay it's just important setup for my next note here which is they're getting picked up by her mom, who's kind of freaking out, and they're also being pursued by, like, soldiers on ATVs, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, whatever, who cares? <laughs> but then I, my next note is, okay, the movie's picking up because Celia just brought me my Chipotle burrito. Good. Um, and so <laughs> I was having a pretty good time once I got my Chipotle burrito. Um, got some, uh, they've got a nice plant-based protein there, a sofritas Ooh. filling. It was delicious. I never had the sofritas. Uh, I love, you know, you know me. I'm trying to cut back on that meat. So mm-hmm. 
It was delicious. I loved it. Uh, highlight of the film. I'd give that, I'd probably give the burrito. Here's the thing. I like, I, I would like it if you could, uh, I didn't have enough crunch in it. Oh, I so you, need to, you needed some fritos for your sofritas. Yeah. Honestly, I would love it if they could put some hard tortilla like strips. Bring your in own. There. Bring your own Fritos. It's just in your pocket sure. when they're making it. Just be like, hey, and just hand them a handful yeah. of Fritos. And here you go, guys. Can you just can throw just, that in for me? Yeah, throw that in. I do that all the time. Yeah, bring so your own ingredients to the burrito making. They love it. Restaurant. Restaurants love it when you bring your own ingredients. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, that's actually Papa John's entire business model. They expect you to bring your own ingredients. That's why they let you know better ingredients would make a better pizza. <laughs> we have it? shitty ingredients here, but bring some better ingredients and you'll get a better pizza. Yes. Um, so. But yeah, I'd say texturally the burrito was a little bit one note. I'd give it like a seven out of ten, the burrito. So All right. All not right. bad. Um, Hammond um, yells at the dad and at Plank, who uh, kind of calm him down, I guess, while the others fly to meet the aliens. I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> and then Xenon and her mom have some sort of heart-to-heart in the plane about her mom conquering her fear or whatever and her mom loving her or something. I genuinely yeah, don't know. Nobody Did you cares. write any of this down? No, nobody okay, cares good. about this. Um, Great. Their search for the aliens is cut short, Kyle, because uh, they run out of fuel. Because Orion didn't fill the backup tanks that he put in. Good job, he's Orion. idiot. Hey, I got the uh, back. You think he, like, lifted them and they were completely empty? And oh, he's like, oh, wow, just- space fuel's pretty light. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it says he lo- just- they say he loaded it himself. Like, Yeah. And that they're, like, giant tanks. She says the reserve tanks are bigger than the normal tanks. <laughs> so he just didn't even give it a second thought. I mean, we don't know what kind of fuel they're using. Maybe it is, like lighter than air maybe it's some sort of like it's a gaseous fuel yeah for all we know it's not gas for all we know it's like literally they found a way to turn light into fuel you know like who Mm -hmm. fucking knows sure sci-fi whatever um they're in other words they're just not zoom zoom zooming anymore no their ship is gonna go boom boom (laughs) yeah once it gets sucked into the moon that they're nearby moon 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 yeah (laughs) um yeah this is just Further proof that living on Earth is infinitely better than living in space to me. It's like, oh, one thing went wrong. We're going to die. Yep. <laughs> like immediately. If my car runs out of gas, I'm rarely like, oh, okay, so this is probably my last 10 minutes on uh, alive. You mm-hmm. know, like just before their ship can get sucked into the moon, though, Kyle, they're saved by a magical light. It's Moana's grandma. Oh, yeah. She's here. <laughs> <laughs> She came after all, uh, because they know who they are. It, um, well, the guy says he sees he sees it. He says it's a, he thinks it's a flying rainbow. But I guess I was I was surprised when it really just cut into like a he just started singing butterfly in the sky. sky. I can go I twice, can as, go high. twice as, high. as high. Take well, a look. It's in the book. I think it's that the the second rainbow. unit. Der- the, the second unit director on this, I think, was LeVar Burton. Oh, was so that's LeVar just the LeVar touch. Yeah. Mm. You know, so. I wish he had more of a filmography so we could do a LeVar Burton movie. Oh. Mirror, like, I honestly, I mean, he does have a few made for TV movies, right? Like, we could do it. To talk about the uh, LeVar touch. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we got to talk about the You LeVar think he'd be touch. on as a guest? It's a tough call. 
He's. I mean, he's not that busy, right? He didn't get the the Jeopardy job. Maybe one of our uh, listeners has a uh, has a connection. You know, if you anybody a... got an in with Lavar Burton, we would love <laughs> to have him on. Dude, we could talk about roots. Oh. That's what this podcast needs: is two white dudes talking about <laughs> roots. <laughs> Yikes! Um, did you have to watch Roots in school? No, I've never seen Roots. Oh my gosh. They made us watch it in fourth grade. And it's like, I don't know if you're familiar with Roots, but it's like a multi-generational TV movie that covers like a family of slaves brought over. No, And it's like, yeah, it's like, it doesn't hold back. It bought LeVar Burton's like the first generation. He plays Kunta Kente. um, And it's like, there's this whole long scene of them breaking him by whipping him oh until he gosh. admits that his name is Toby. You watch this. They what, cut his, what grade did you watch this in? Fourth grade. Fourth grade? This. Are you serious? They cut his fucking toes off so he can't run away. Fourth grade was when I had the weekly, we weekly sat down and talked about like the dreams we had that week. And I would talk about <laughs> these weird dreams that I'd have about this, a, bu- a bubble filled with food and, uh, and an ostrich eating all the food while I had to watch. And I was so sad because I couldn't get to the food. That was one of the dreams I had in fourth grade. That's what wow. I would, that's what I was doing. Sitting around talking <laughs> about that. And you were watching roots, people getting whipped. We're watching roots. I mean, it's important stuff to learn, but I might save it to like sixth grade, maybe. Yeah. Maybe save it till middle school, but whatever. It was a little intense, but it is, I don't know. It, it just seemed weird. Weird. It's weird looking back on it to me that we watched it, but it's pretty good. Okay. It's also good. very long. We could never do it on this podcast. It's like a multi-week event. It would take us five years with how long <laughs> we talk about things. We're switching to a Roots, a, yeah. a roots uh, uh, podcast, yeah. Perfect. Um, where was I, Kyle? Oh yeah, Moana's grandma saves them. Uh, yeah, it's like a gigantic, like multi. The ship that the aliens are in is a gigantic multi-armed stingray flying in space. Yeah, it's basically. a pretty ambitious CGI. It is. It looks pretty cool. The design of it. I mean, mm-hmm. doesn't. It's not. It's clearly something where they weren't like. Um, how would this function? You know, it's just a very like here's a basically magic thing in mm-hmm. space. Have you seen uh, Have you seen the Abyss the movie? The Abyss. Thinking. Thinking. It's, it it looks like the, the the alien in that movie. Wait, Which I guess that's maybe a big big old spoiler, but oh, it's a good you. one. Okay, it's, it is, a, it's directed by James Cameron. I'm just surprised that you've seen it, and I don't think I have. Oh yeah, it's a good one. It's a hard one to just put on because I think it's like three hours long. Like it's a long movie, and I think I've watched the director's cut mostly. My it's one of the mm. movies like my parents loved, and so I would I've watched it. I've seen it like five times. It's been a long I time. I think it's one it, I but. I've heard. I think it's one I've heard a lot that like. Um, James Cameron has been like talking about releasing a remaster of it for like 20 years and like never actually does it, I guess. So I don't think there's like a great modern uh, print of it mm-hmm. to watch. So I, I think, like you'd, I I think, I think you'd really enjoy it. I mean, it has it, like it stars at James Harris. Cameron. Like it's, you know, it's a, yeah. it'll, it'd be a good watch for you, but I mean, it's, it's, I've seen, I think it's maybe the only James Cameron movie I haven't seen besides, Piranha 2. Um, <laughs> really? Is that really it, James? It, that's his first movie. It's Piranha 2. Good. And then okay. he, followed, he followed that up with... That's not made for TV, movie. is it? No, 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 no. Not made for TV, sadly. 
Uh, but then he went ahead and followed that up with something you may have heard of called the Terminator. And uh, oh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's very similar. The Terminator was actually kind of taken from from Xenon. Oh, it's yeah. part of its yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, plot. Kind of derivative. Yeah, I'd say so. But I'll have to watch The Abyss. Maybe I'll watch it. Uh, I'll have to watch it before Avatar 2 comes out, at least. Because that one, The Abyss is all underwater. Yeah. So what better to prepare me for Avatar, The Way of Water, than, than the by Abyss. watching The yeah, Abyss? Yeah, perfect. You know what? It'd be fun. You, I would love to rewatch that one. Maybe, maybe you come over and watch that one sometime. I'd love to. I'll do it tonight. I'll do it right now, honestly. Maybe tonight. Um, heck yeah, why not? Heck yeah, I'll do it. I'll I'll do it. I'd love to. Um, we should watch Avatar too. Do you like Avatar? Yeah, I do. I haven't seen it since theaters. And I the, watched half the, of it the, recently um, because I yeah? I found out on the PSVR that you could like get a 3D movie and it would be like a really good 3D experience because it's just in Ooh, VR. Yeah. And so I watched half of that movie, and then you know the the plot is somewhat boring. Um, yeah. You know, on rewatches, and and once you get over the wow, look at this cool world, you've seen it a few times. It doesn't really age well for me as a movie that I can just put on and rewatch all the time because it part of the the experience of it is like wow, look how cool this looks for the first yes. time watching. So I so yeah, I do I do like it. It's a it's a simple movie, but I think it's I think it's really cool. I think. And here's was, the thing. Here and, and 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 I don't love the movie either and i haven't seen it since theaters but i think i want to i want to rewatch it before the sequel comes out anyway but i'm i there's like a a bit a very strong wave now of like um who gives a fuck about avatar avatar 2 is gonna suck who cares right like i feel like i see that sentiment a lot from people um which is valid like avatar is like the highest grossing movie that most people don't care about or want to rewatch or whatever which mm-hmm. is fine it's not a great movie i think it's a fine movie from what i remember it's just it's like a three out of five in terms of like its story mm-hmm. but i don't know why people aren't how can you not at least be a little bit excited because it's like an original world that is i mean there's a lot of potential for sequels right mm-hmm. like yeah the bad thing about avatar the first one is that the story's kind of weak so a sequel can fix that. And it's James Cameron who is kind of known as like the king of blockbuster sequels. Yes. Yeah. And he's decided to spend the last 12 years doing nothing but make like five Avatar yeah. sequels. Like so it's, I'm at least curious what yes. the fuck this guy's doing. Like I want to see it. What have you been doing for your a huge chunk of your life? It's you could just, have made yeah. so many movies. It's like, like the it's like the Avatar movie. At some point it became really cool to think it was really dumb, you know, because like it, when it first came out, people like loved it, lost their minds. I loved it, lost my mind. You know, yeah. I was like, people were literally getting depressed because they would never be able to visit Pandora. You know, it just seems yeah. insane to me that 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 happened, you know, in in our history. And like yeah. movie history, it's like a a cool thing. And then it and then like things came out like, hey, here's the Pocahontas script, but we re, we crossed out the names and replaced them with the names from Avatar, yeah. and it's the same. And then like it just it, people got over the the initial like, wow, look at this awesome movie. And then it just it, with time, people you just see people who are like, that was you know just disliking it. But then you talk to anybody yeah. who goes to Disney. And goes to the Avatar world, and they're like, "That was so awesome for all the like yeah. Avatar stuff." So, yeah, I, I'm. It's, it's an it's an it. interesting movie with a weird legs. I'm actually like the opposite of the general public opinion, where I saw it, and at the time I was like, "That wasn't." I mean, it looked cool, but that wasn't a very good movie. <laughs> like I didn't think, 
but now I'm just like, well, at the at least it's its own fucking thing, you know? Like, yeah. At least James Cameron just made a thing up, and I'm excited to see a big auteur blockbuster with like 100% creative control of something that isn't an IP that is like has been going on for 40 years, you know? Yeah. So for me, I'm down. I'm down to clown. This is a pro Avatar: The Way of Water podcast. Yeah, is what we're saying. absolutely. Um, I'm gonna come over and watch The Abyss tonight. Uh, all right. So there, Kyle. We're so close to being done with my notes on this movie. Why am I? Ta- why am I prolonging this? Um, <laughs> they get saved by the aliens, and then there's this. I don't care for Xenon's attitude in this scene. They get stopped by the aliens, and they're like, "What if they want to come in? Do we let them in?" And Margie's like, "What if they just walk through the door?" And then Xenon's like, "Margie, they're not." ghosts you fucking idiot and she then, does not uh, treat margie well for a lot of the no. film she like there's there's tension between the two of them i guess that makes yeah. sense in like a real frenemies type way but like she really yeah. like puts margie down a lot like she kind of which is fine back. margie is kind of a, a b-word you know so whatever but it's the fact that she says they're not ghosts like margie's an idiot and then one of them materializes on the ship immediately yes which is essentially the same thing as just walking through the fucking yeah. door yes and it's like so, a spirit thing yeah like so it, go fuck yourself xenon margie was right okay yeah. <laughs> cetus lapidus you were wrong major cetus lapidus uh, he was wrong major good lord uh, it's so like, yeah this, this alien's like, very stellanarius i just gotta say very stellanarius um I would love that this movie took like a real like dramatic interstellar vibe at this point, you know, like oh, yeah. these fourth dimensional aliens contacting them or whatever. Um, whatever though, this alien is like a being of pure light. It also could have taken like a horror movie turn. Mm-hmm. Like when it shows up and they're just like, okay, here's this being of pure light. And it apparently can talk directly into Xenon's brain. Um, and they find out right away that this alien does not give a shit about protozoa. It's just, they're just lost. Yeah. And they wanted some navigation charts, but they didn't want to steal it because taking without asking is bad. <laughs> but they're then they just polite. take it. They don't yeah. really get permission. They just take it now. That's true. They're like, yeah, they kind of, they let them. They, yeah, they, yeah. they don't and then explicitly the alien, give permission, but they don't. They don't get consent. That's all I'm saying. So uh, then the aliens like, if you're interested in more of an evil take on these type of aliens then the show which i've mentioned multiple times now another life which i've also said Ah. is just not really that great of a show the aliens are very similar so that show's name sounds like it should be a soap opera another life you know yeah if you found out like oh on this week's another life stephanie and jacob reveal that they were faking their amnesia the whole time like (laughs) you could see that preview happening um the being of pure light that this thing is like kind of it like shoots around the ship a little bit right mm-hmm. after it gets the navigation i was just like it just gave them all kinds of alien diseases and these people are all going to like manifest weird cancer now from the radiation well, of this, this is the this is being. the uh this is the prequel to uh fantastic 4 actually yeah that's what it is yes uh which fantastic 4 fantastic or Fantastic Four. No, well, we haven't seen. It's actually, it's weird. The prequel happened so far before, but it's actually John Krasinski was in the scene. Oh, if you saw him, so gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I see now. Um, the uh, the aliens then drop them back off, Kyle. 
I don't know. Hammond yells at them for a little bit and Margie stands up to him. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> then the aliens come back and they fix the station with their tractor beam. And then Protozoa gives like a big celebratory concert on the ship after apparently it's Plank and Judy's wedding. They, they get married. Uh, he Protozoa is happy. Everyone's happy. Xenon and Orion apparently have like a, they exchange a significant look. Like maybe they're gonna have a relationship that came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, and then I know. the movie ends. <laughs> like Zedon and Orion. What? What the? What about Greg? You know? What about Greg? What about Greg? We gotta find Greg. out with Z three. Well, we don't have to oh, on this up. podcast. Absolutely not. Yeah, we but don't I need. To. To. Well, <laughs> we might have to. We might have to find out, Kyle. I refuse Actually, to watch any look... other Xenons until for, for this you? right now. Well, not for right now is what I'm saying. So that okay, in okay, the future, okay. if we cover them. Then that I will be fresh. Yes, yes. You want to go in blind, yeah. never having one. I'm trying to look up who played Greg. If there's a Greg in the first movie, I'm just looking for that character. I literally, <laughs> his name was Greg, right? Yeah. I'm looking at the letterbox right now. I don't see a single character named Greg on this Greg list. Greg Xenon. This is not a character that exists, Kyle. There is. <laughs> there, there is a is. man named Greg Xenon. <laughs> Greg Xenon is someone's name. Oh. He is a he's an assistant director and actor known for iRobot, The Sixth Day, and Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic is an assistant okay. director. Uh, so that's because I just searched Greg Xenon, but now it's who knew that Xenon was an actual like last name. Last name? Well, it's the name of a. I mean, Xenon's a gas, right? Sure. Yeah, you're right. It Isn't is. It? So yeah. Yeah, so I, maybe they got it from there. I found a I picture okay, of Xenon. Wait. I recognize the guy who plays Greg, actually, um, because he was the lead in the movie Small Soldiers, which got it. I don't know if you've ever seen Small Soldiers. I have not. Uh, wow. A Joe Dante classic about a bunch of toys that turn evil and attack people. Cool. It's pretty fun. It's got some really bad CG. Uh <laughs> Uh, cool, Kyle. That's the end of the movie, though. We did it. We uh, we finished this movie. Woo, woo. We've done it. Um, uh, I guess so. This is the part of the show where we have to we have to name a best performer. Mm -hmm. We sure do. Which is difficult in this movie where I don't think anybody gives a very good performance. Um, but I will go first because I'm giving mine. I'm just giving mine to Aunt Judy. And um, I don't have a great reason for that. I just, I found her kind of captivating. And I honestly think it's because she looks a little bit like a knockoff Shelley Long. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, she does. That, yes. That's <laughs> literally the basis for my best performance. Your performance is that you looked kind of like Shelley Long. That's funny. It's so funny because I actually thought of her as someone I might give the reward to because <laughs> she like actually... The, the character is one of the only really believable characters to it me. It feels like a yeah. realized person. Yeah. And like of all of the characters. Yes. All the other characters are awful and not consistent with anything. And uh, Kristen's, Kirsten Storms gives a performance as Xenon. That was, that's fine. You know? And it, yeah. But like, yeah. So is that, that's who your best performer goes to? Yes. Uh, her name is Holly Folger. Um, I'm not even, I'm not giving her a prize. It's an honorary title only. <laughs> Nobody gets an actual prize for this movie. Well, my, my, uh, my award actually does not go to a performer necessarily. I'm giving it to the set designer, whoever that was. 
the set designer okay. did a great job. Honestly, the sets are fun, interesting. There's multiple. You know, I, I wasn't sure what to expect if it was just going to be like three sets that they just keep using over and over. Yeah. There's maybe, I don't know, maybe 10, 10 different sets of the, of the space station itself. Maybe that much. I don't know. But um, they did a great job. So I'm going to give them I'm- an award, which is a it's like a Z, their own Z-pad. And it uh and it Ooh. actually plays this movie nonstop. And the oh, the, no. the good part about it, it does have an off switch at the back, so you can turn it off. So I'm not sure do you think that falls under the purview of production design, art direction, or set decoration? Production design? Maybe just the production designer. That sounds like the person in charge, maybe. Yeah. So So I guess Ralph Davies is uh, who you're giving your award Ralph to. Ralph Davies. Also, Good job, Ralph. Also the production designer on Young Hercules. You remember the show Young Hercules? Uh, no. Starring Ryan Gosling. What? As Young <laughs> okay. Hercules. It only had like one season. I think it's a spinoff of, uh, of the Hercules, Xena, the Warrior Princess-like shows, which, by the way, are like uh, produced by Sam Raimi. So we're tying it all back in to uh to our Doctor Strange talk from earlier. Sure, sure. See, it was all part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Kyle, should we talk final thoughts? Let's do it. Do you want me to go first since it's my movie? Go my first. Week? Your your week. Your right. your pick. My first thought. This was bad, <laughs> uh, but not as bad as I was hoping. So not even particularly entertaining. It was like watching a ninety-minute-long episode of a medium-budget Disney sci-fi show only doing it as a 31-year-old man and not as an 8-year-old kid. Uh, I'm sorry that I made you watch it, Kyle. I'm sorry I made our listeners hear about it. And mostly I'm sorry to myself for wasting my own time. What did we gain from this? What did any of us gain? Were any of us enriched? We weren't. And that's on me. This movie's nothing. I don't have anything to say about it. It didn't look terrible as bad as I thought it would. That's about it. Uh, but it is a competition, Kyle, so I am giving it five stars. <laughs> Out of 50, that is. Uh, 50. So. Really? Five there out of go. 50 stars? Five out of 50 stars. Amazing. So wow. About a half a, a half a star, I guess you could uh, translate that to. Good. Great. Uh, good. Yeah, so... Um, good. Yeah, interesting choice for the sequel you know as we know for for the the, what for the sequel i'm so sorry thank you oh that was embarrassing (laughs) it's just a little strange because in the first we find out that xenon finds out that her life is a lie and not only is she living in a computer simulation but is in fact the prophesied savior of mankind which has nearly been driven to extinction by artificial intelligence so it's just Mm -hmm. kind of a strange contrast between the first and the second one this movie's not very stellarious. Uh, no, it leaves you feeling pretty ice all, all around. Uh, this movie stinks. I want it gets it gets one Cetus out of five Lapidus's for me. Good. <laughs> That's the extent of it. I'm not going to talk about this movie anymore. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Good. Well, then, Kyle, do you want to play a game? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Well, guess what, Kyle. In anticipation of the massive success of our Zequel episode, Hollywood, sensing a, a shift in the public's desires, has announced a slew of their own Zequels. Okay. However, the out-of-touch executives haven't done their research 
And they've instead greenlit a bunch of sequels. Sequels to beloved movies that are designed to put you to sleep. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So I've compiled some music samples from these proposed sequels <laughs> with extra Zs. And you need to name the movie that Hollywood is sequelizing. Okay. So I have a bunch of lullaby versions of songs from famous movies. And your job is Great. to now okay. recognize Perfect. what movie they're from. Fun. Okay. Um, and if you... If we, if we oh, well, know one thing, I'm great at recognizing music and songs yeah, and audio clips yeah. in general. If you so. need, I think these are mostly pretty easy, um, but I do have, because somebody was late to our recording, <clears throat> I did uh, write down really, really quickly, really bad plot descriptions of these movies. So if you're struggling, I won't give you points, but I'll just read you my plot descriptions Good. for the movies oh i was bored now was just sitting at my desk with nothing to do uh, now hold on before we get started there's something i uh-huh. did forget because it's been a while but i actually have another review our most important reviewer a cash's corner Whoa. and i oh my gosh and it is goodness uploaded and i forgot to tell you about it ahead of time yes this so is so i'm not right now just quickly going to grab it Yes. while we talk but guess um, what this cash's corner is going to be special because i think this is the debut of also cammy on a cash's corner and cammy wow. gives her own review as well and so wow yes let me i have to hear this and <laughs> i'm not just stretching for time yeah. as i download it <laughs> so that i can add it to my playlist so that you'll be able to hear it when i hit play on it right mm-hmm. now because I think this is the right video for Cash's Corner. Here we go. <laughs> All right, buddy, what movie did we just watch? Xenon 2. Yeah, Xenon the sequel, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you like the movie? Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite part? Uh, what the dance part? The dance part? Yeah. Like just right at the end? Yeah. Cool. I, I liked it. Good. Uh, what would you rate the movie? Uh, one. One out of what? Uh, one out of two. One out of two? Yeah. Okay. Cammy, what do you think? Uh, one out of two. A two? Yeah. A two out of what? Uh, one out of two. A two out of two? Cammy really liked it, apparently. Okay. She liked it. Anything else? I'm cutting him off. Yeah, cutting him off, Kyle. <laughs> it was done. the end of it. <laughs> He's getting mad. He's going crazy. So yes, Cammy uh, really liked it. Two out of two. Cash, not so much. One out of two. Wow. So uh, your your children have terrible movie taste. Uh, <laughs> yes. They're hearing. learning. They're uh, growing. They're growing. They're growing. That's fine. Um, all right, perfect. We did that. Thank God we did it after I described the game. So are you ready to play the game? I am now, ready to Kyle? play the game now, yes. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Here are your lullaby songs. These are about like 30 to 40 seconds, but if you know it early, you can okay. buzz your way in and answer. Okay? Got it. Great.
Um, well, it's, do these movies have sequels already? Um, some of them do. This song's still playing. It's just okay. very quiet for a second. Well, it's got the doo-doo-doo, which is like a Jurassic Park. So I'm just going to say Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, you're right. This is a new uh, Jurassic movie, although it's not. Well, it's it's not Jurassic Park. It's Jernap Sick Park. Perfect. Good. Uh, which is to stop their fearsome creations from rampaging yet again. A team of scientists engineer a new gene that forces the beast to spend 90% of the day sleeping. But the bad news, Kyle... They're sleepwalkers. Oh. <laughs> so in this one, the dinosaurs are sleepwalking. I'm glad you started with that one because you, I know that you know that that's the one of the theme songs I can play on the piano. Oh yeah, and so that's that's a Kyle <laughs> Davidson favorite. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. So do you want to go somewhere a little harder for you to guess? Maybe. Oh yeah. Give me the okay. yeah. Let's let's we do. Gave it. him a we gave I gave you a, a a pitch right down the middle aimed at Kyle. Here's the one that I think you're least likely to get to follow it for round two. I don't know. I don't think I. I, don't, I really don't have even a, a guess for this, but it's it was, feels familiar. I'm, I'm never-ending hmm. story. Who knows? Sorry, Kyle. That is not correct. That is, of course, the music to E.T. The Extra Terrest uh, Real Terrest Real. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, which is about obviously an alien that comes to Earth uh, to just try to take a a, a break. During a long flight, he's just looking for a pit stop and a place to crash. But all of his human friends freak out when he turns gray and sleeps in a river, as is his racist custom. Uh, I love E.T. What are your thoughts on E.T., Kyle? I haven't seen it in many, many, many years. I think I've seen it that one music, time. That music makes me feel very nostalgic. It makes me want to watch the movie. I really like the score of E.T., but no surprise, it is by Mr. John Williams. E.T. is my uh, aunt's favorite movie. She mm-hmm. saw it, I believe, something like 40 times in theaters or something absurd like that. It, it was quite the phenomenon when it came out. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of Spielberg's many gigantic hits. Um, actually directed by Steven Spielberg, Kyle. Good to know. Always got to yeah. clarify that. I'm going to make a whole game of just seeing if you can guess if something was actually directed, directed by, by Steven, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg or yeah. not. Um, okay, Kyle. Well, you didn't get that one, but that's okay. We got. I actually have like seven of these. Perfect. Because um, I was like, whatever. Who cares? Let's just record a bunch of these. Uh, let's do, Kyle. Here's here's round here's round three coming at you. Okay. <laughs> Did 
this one feels like I should really know it. I think you should. Ugh. I think I'm just bad at hearing sounds and like putting it to where where it's coming from. Um, the, my my problem is my problem is it sounds like like theme song for the Mist, the video game, and I know that's not. Do you think maybe it. I threw a secret Mist at you? Yeah, I, I'll guess that because it's not going to be that. But that's it. Oh, Kyle, I'm sorry to say that you've missed. <laughs> <laughs> That, of course, is the music from Back to the Futon, um, <laughs> story of, of a young man who is awoken late at night by a crazy old scientist to go help him with a time machine or something. And it's just him trying to get back to his sofa bed to sleep. I see. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, disappointed. I thought I couldn't tell with Back to the Future if it was going to be so incredibly obvious to you or if it's just that I know Back to the Future so well that literally, like, any spot I clicked on that lullaby music, within, like, one second, I was like, oh, that's iconic Back to the Future sound. That's yeah, no, easy. it's been, no, like, it's been it a so long hard. time since I've seen it, and I, yeah, it, it sounded familiar, but I don't think I would have ever gotten it. So. Wow. Uh, I will say also, I think that's terrible lullaby music, because it's just... It's too suspenseful. It's yeah, it starts building up epically. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't stay asleep to like that kind of build up. All right, Kyle, you've only gotten one out of three so far. That's fine. Let's try. We're getting the I rest think of you these. can get the, You're going to get this next one, no problem. Okay, you ready? Are you ready? Yep. You want it? Sorry, I'm not going to start doing the turning red song. Let's listen. cutting out like half of it over discord oh no but it like i i it's like i can almost like oh, you got the melody so you've got what matters <laughs> here i come what is that what is that from unbelievable <laughs> this is me oh greatest showman See how long it takes me to get that to where it's from? Long time. So long. This is, this is of course. <laughs> I had to literally uh, go through the lyrics in my head <laughs> yeah, to be able song. to place where it was. <laughs> Oof! I thought you'd get that immediately. Well, this you're right, Kyle. That is from Greatest Showman Two. Oh, my neurons are million. all clouded up from all this, all this stuff that I it sat like learning all this like stuff for med school and all this doctor stuff just yeah. clouds up all these neurons and makes all these pathways hard to get through. I know it's a real shame that you've chosen to fill your brain with life-saving medical information and not the music <laughs> scores of films. So felt like me hacking that, that felt like me hacking through the jungle trying to get through <laughs> to something. That's what it felt like in my brain. Good. I can uh, I can attest that your brain is dense and <laughs> thick for sure. 
Uh, yes, that was Greatest Showman 2, A Million and One Dreams. Uh, it's the sequel that only Kyle was asking for. Yeah. <laughs> I said, not content to make me fall asleep because it's just a boring, uninspired musical with a lead I don't care about at all. This time, Hugh and the gang are reuniting to actively try to put you to sleep. Uh, <laughs> it's just like the first movie, only the whole thing is sung in whispers like the opening of oh, the movie. Oh, perfect. Yes. <laughs> I hate that so much. Ladies and gents, wait a moment. Whoa! <laughs> Such bad editing. All right. You okay. got it, Kyle. You're, what are you at? You're at 50% right now, right? Mm-hmm. 50%. Right. Woo! 50%. Well, here's another. I think this is another easy slam dunk one for you, Kyle. Are you ready? The problem is I feel like that chord progression is such a common one. Mm. So I I feel like it like I just feel like it's like every song that I play. Mm. Can you just like play the first part of it again. Just like start playing I can it. Play it again. I'll play it a million times. I think I love this. It's a it's a bop to me. Referenced this movie during the podcast very early on. Well, good thing I didn't make any movie, very many movie references in this yeah. <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, yeah. So that should make it easy for you. Just think about all the movies you referenced and which score that sounds like to you. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't think I can get it because it just feels like I just am hearing like me sitting down playing G, G D, E minor, C over and over again. And then so okay. I can't get it. it uh, I'll say Star Wars, but it's not it. It is not it, Kyle. That is Concerning Hobbits from the Lord of the Rings. Uh, concerning Hobbits? Really? <laughs> That's the name of the song, is Concerning Hobbits. I, don't, I still don't recognize it. Music. It's the... Dum, 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 dum. Now I gotta think of... Da, da, dum. Now, well, fuck it. Why don't I just play Concerning Hobbits? I'll play the whole song for you, Kyle. Now I can't sing it off the top of my head. Uh... It's just the main. It's 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 the song. I don't. How do you describe concerning hobbits? I don't know. I thought it. I thought it would be. I thought Kyle knows this. Kyle knows his music. I think this is it. Let's see. quickly see here. Let's get, let's get to the part where it's playing that. That's not what you played, was it? I know, 
it's wait, it's not. Well, it's the. This is the chord progression part. Yeah, this part I don't recognize, but the beginning of it I do. So yeah, I think ah. it was just like. Tough. I did cut off because it plays a little melody over this, but I thought it would be too easy. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it would. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. Thought. Wouldn't recognize the real song if it was just that part. The beginning of it definitely is definitely right, Lord of the Rings. But okay. I in my in, in my attempts to make it just hard enough. <laughs> I, I went too far, Kyle. Um, yes, that was uh, from Lord of the Rings: Return of the King-sized mattress. Good, <laughs> which is uh, after they destroy the One Ring, all the hobbits have a big slumber party in Gandalf's uh, bed because they can all fit because they're tiny and he's big. great. So that's the plot of that movie. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, Kyle. So you need in order to win, you have to get the next two. The remaining two, I guess. Okay. Easy. But who cares? Easy. Uh, yeah. Let's just, let's do, you got this. Let's go. Titanic 2, a movie that I could not come up with a pun name for, a Titanic sequel. So I just named it Titanic 2, Scott's Dream Come True. Uh, <laughs> in this sequel to James Cameron's romantic epic, we find out that at the end of the movie, Rose, in fact, was just falling asleep and not dying. Um, and also that the first movie all took place within a dream because guess what, Kyle? It's Titanicception. Good. Uh, and in this universe, Leo is reprising his role from Inception, and he's here to break Rose Wonderful. free of her dreams. Yeah. Love it. So, thank you. All right. All right. Give me that last you one. Got it. Last one. Now, this one is not the main theme okay. to the movie it's from, but it is... Good. It, From so this is. I'm. I'm assuming if I get this wrong, I get jettisoned out into space. Is that kind of what yeah, we're going for course. here? Absolutely. And if I if yeah. I win, then I don't. I guess. Yeah. If well, if you win, you get to live in space on the space station. But if you lose, you have to live on shitty Earth. Do Ew. I get to come back no. to? Earth? Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So, are you ready, Kyle? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Um, oh, good, there's more. Oh, what is this? What is this? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't want to have to live on Earth. I want to live in the space station. What is this? Oh, man, this is give me like two seconds. I'm giving him two seconds um, right now. <laughs> I can't, it's not there. It's I could get there maybe eventually, but it's just, it's, 
not about a pass. It's Kyle. gonna just yeah, Harry Potter. That's not right, but that's that's <clears throat> right. Composer, wrong franchise, Kyle. This is obviously Princess Laydown's theme from Star Snores. It's <laughs> uh, <which, laughs> good. Which is Disney's yeah. latest attempt to milk the beloved franchise to death. <laughs> seeing our heroes lie down for a nice nap after the Battle of Endor with their new living teddy bear friends. <laughs> that's the plot of the movie. Good. Uh, yeah, that's. I love Princess Leia's theme, and I just couldn't resist. I can't I believe I didn't get that. I just needed to switch my guess from that Star When I said Star Wars earlier, I should have said I know. I Rings. thought maybe you would just default to Star Wars as a guess again, you know? Yeah. But- but I shouldn't have, it's, man, it is what it is. I, I have to live the rest of my life on earth and not in the space, a, in my space shame, day. Kyle. I just, that's tough. All right. Well, maybe you can still visit your space day on a vacay someday. Maybe. You know, so it'll all work out. Well, Kyle, you didn't win the game, but I think we all had some fun and I'm ready for a nap now. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm ready for the rest of my day, I think. Well, yeah, well, okay, I was just trying to transition from the lullabies to ending the podcast, but, you know, yeah, whatever, just step all over I'm me. all jacked up uh, on my coffee now. Woo, jacked ready up. to go. Yeah. All right, well, let's, well, let's go have our days. Let's take out the tape, shoot it into fucking space, and never <laughs> take it, it again. Out. See ya. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening and you like what you hear, please remember to rate, review, follow, subscribe, all that business. Go to our website, madefortvpodcast.com. Hey, guess what? Follow- it's updated hey. again, because I finally could. I got on the phone with customer service at one point, and they were like, wow. uh, yeah, so we're having trouble connecting to with this. It's a known issue. After like literally 30 mm-hmm. minutes on, they find they told me it's a known issue and that they're working on it higher up this is after me like checking like after like two weeks of checking to yeah. see if i could work it so i was like okay well, would you let me know like when like when it is fixed so that i can um like update my website and they're like no we're not gonna do that like i was like oh, do i just <laughs> so i just keep checking just they're keep like checking. yeah we, we don't we're not yourself. gonna tell you when it's fixed so I tried it again today and it's fixed. So we got Xenon up there and I got to put up the rest of the upcoming episodes because oh, right now it's just Xenon is what I'm just so thankful that we at least have Xenon uh, in our lives um, now. So that's good. So go to our website, madefortvpodcast.com and follow us on social media at made for TV podcast. That's at made the number four TV podcast. Thank you to Chris rats about for our theme song. Thank you to Maggie for our artwork. Until next week, I'm Scott. I'm Kyle. And we are the aliens. We will destroy your planet if you do not stop sending this podcast out into the universe. Oh, gosh. That is terrifying. Let's get out of here. You heard that, right? We're done. Yeah, I heard it. Let's end this thing. Psst, guys. I think they're gone, but I got to keep this quiet just to be safe. In all of our terror of the aliens attacking us, Kyle and I forgot to announce that next week we're doing another special episode. We're not doing a decom. We're doing, of course, a different Disney original film, something that was definitely made specifically for viewing on TV, released only on Disney+. Plus. Yes, obviously, we're talking about Hamilton, an entire Broadway production put together just for a streaming movie. Wow, this definitely fits our criteria and isn't us grasping for straws for a 4th of July episode. It's going to be great. All right, I got to go for real. Goodbye.